shotglassdigital.com. this episode of geek out loud anything new happened lately in in the world of geekdom or star wars or anything i'm talking so loud Again, everyone, and welcome to Geek Out Loud, your safe place to geek out here on the internet. My name's Steve Glosson. So glad to be along with everyone, and uh, this is a bit more impromptu than I meant it to be. And I apologize for those who have been waiting live in the chat to uh, to get to the show. But we're here now. We're we're live, and uh, and it's happening, whether you like it or not. Here we are. I don't know. Why I'm getting hostile and aggressive. It's just. It, it's. I'm excited. I'm excited about everything that's happening right now in the in the world of uh, Star Wars and pop culture. And man, what a big day! What a big day it has been. Uh, th- I've been gearing up and, and compiling some notes for a whole kind of Star Wars themed episode of Geek Out Loud. Not not Steve's Star Wars Corner proper, as someone has said. Um, Steve's Star Wars Corner is kind of like Star Wars Church, and so rather than do that, uh, there is a lot of news that's come out in the wake of, of some different things that have been going on and going down. And so I wanted to, uh, to kind of talk about some of that and, and get, um, and kind of get my thoughts out there because a lot of times I see people tweeting and I see people on the Facebook and I hear other podcasts and I'm, and I'm just kind of sometimes yelling at them, but I don't engage because there's no sense in, in starting an argument. And I, wow, why am I starting out this way? Can I start over? Can I get a do-over? My point is this, is I'm not feeling negative about anything. I'm feeling real super positive about everything. So that's what this episode's going to be. It's going to be classic positivity on the old Geek Out Loud. And I'm excited about that. That that fires me up because, you know, I, there's been some trepidation stuff. But the way I'm feeling right now, and, I, and this could all go away. May it never be. This could all go away. But the way I'm feeling right now, I'm feeling pretty stoked. Now, I am alone tonight doing this. We're doing it live at Mixer.com slash Big Honkin' Show. And uh, Derek's not with us. Derek's still dealing with the fallout from... Uh, the tornado that hit Tupelo there, he's safe, his family is safe, but there's just a lot of destruction, a lot of devastation that's taking place there, and all across the southeast, this weather pattern that's that's kind of stretched across the southeast United States has been destructive, 
and um, serious business. Our thoughts and prayers are not only with Derek and his family and our friends in Tupelo, but also everyone that's been affected uh, by this weather. And uh, there's still a little bit more to come, but hopefully uh, they're saying it's going to dissipate by the weekend, and and hopefully uh, damage and destruction will be kept to a minimum between now and then. But uh, definitely our thoughts and prayers with the victims and the families of the victims and and, and the situations that have gone down this weekend. It's been been a rough been a rough week already, and it's only only Tuesday for some people. So, well, I mean, it's Tuesday for us all at the time of this recording. But I'm saying it's been a rough week for some people, and it's only Tuesday. So, we have hijacked the Big Honkin' Show stream, um, Mixer.com slash Big Honkin' Show, and that's where uh, we're doing this live, and we are doing a live show tonight with the Mixler Zoo crew and other people in attendance checking it out. Uh, if you're not listening to the Big Honkin' Show, let me encourage you to head over to BigHonkinShow.com and do so. You can also um, check us out uh, on on iTunes, Big Honkin' Show on iTunes. If you're not listening to the Big Honkin' Show, um, let me give you a little taste of what you're missing. Coming this summer in an all-new hilarious comedy, Adam Sandler is the ice cream man. Oh, don't you want an ice cream sandwich? That's one of my favorite treats in the world is an ice cream sandwich. It's just ice cream sandwich, and I was thinking all day I got to have some ice cream. Hey there, Buck, I think one of my ice cream sandwiches fell down in the back of that fridge over there. Oh, thank God, an ice cream sandwich. <laughs> I smushed it a little falling in. Oh, do you need any help getting out of that fridge, or do you want to finish the ice cream sandwich first? I totally understand going after an ice cream sandwich. I totally understand, too. Because I'm Stan, the ice cream man. This film is not yet rated. Now, if you're listening to that and you're wondering, what in the world is that all about? Well, uh, on the Big Honkin' Show, I used to have a great co-host named Buck. And Buck and I were talking about a situation where someone got stuck in a freezer or something going after an ice cream sandwich. And our remote producer and content provider, Jimmy in Georgia, Jimmy Tucker, um, he he put together a little commercial about a movie about it and did a great Adam Sandler. And, I, and it owns me. Every time I hear that, it makes me laugh. And so I really... Um, really enjoy that now the chat's getting on me they're like if they're not listening to big honking show how are they doing it now guys i'm talking to the podcast listeners this will go out via the podcast feed later and so i so there's there's more of an audience than just you 30 that are here i mean i love you guys and i'm so glad uh to to be here but uh so glad for you to be here but um but you know there it is uh but that's what's going on BCBK or BC Bookworm says, Your choice, Steve. You keep playing the ice cream sandwich commercial, and I'll have to leave uh, to the store and stop listening. Well, there you go. Um, here we are in the Geek Out Loud thing. And listen, there has been some big, big news going on, uh, not only today, but over the past few days, especially as it pertains to Star Wars. And we're going to talk about that. But first, uh, let's jump into some emails. <laughs> This first email comes from Blake, and Blake says, Just to let you know, I'm responding to episode 74, where you reviewed Man of Steel. I'm pretty far behind because I'm deathly afraid of spoilers, 
and stop listening until I catch up on all the stuff that I missed. I'm not saying anything negative about the show. It's just you guys cover such a broad range of topics that I like to make sure all my bases are covered before I risk pull, pulling up goal on my iPhone. Blake, I don't blame you. If you're if you're a spoiler phobe and you want to stay away from spoilers, it's best to avoid Geek Out Loud when something's being discussed that you haven't seen. And I usually try to make sure that in the in the description of the show that, that I'm very clear about what we're talking about and post spoiler alerts and that sort of thing. So I don't blame you at all. Man of Steel, though, that's a, that's a year ago. And this, and this email is from like last week. So what I'm saying is that I'm writing about is extreme. What I'm writing about is extremely dated. I understand if this isn't read on the podcast, but I want to let you guys know my thoughts. It's going to be read on the podcast. I should also add that I haven't even finished that particular podcast, but shouting my opinions at my phone didn't make me, <laughs> didn't make, uh, didn't make you, uh, seem to hear, didn't make you seem to be able to hear them from so far away. Space in Houston. And time, April 2014. Oh, look, a double rare. Oh, he did He did a lot of parentheses there. Crazy. Uh, you didn't like that Jonathan Kent decided not to be saved. Now, he's talking about the Man of Steel here. And he says, you didn't like that Jonathan Kent decided not to be saved. I think him doing that taught Clark the absolute best lesson possible. You assume that it was done out of fear because of the conversation that he had earlier. Everyone was up in arms about the trailer Kent line telling Clark that it may have been better to let the bus sink rather than reveal himself, but it really was Jonathan trying to get his son to focus on his choices, not to just react. I, I understand that, and Blake's a big Superman fan. He'll talk about that in a minute. I understand that, and I, and I, and I think it's great, but we've seen Clark think about his choices and not just react when those guys were picking on him. Uh, earlier on, you know, they, they show a flashback where the guys are picking on him. We see that Clark has learned to do that. We see that he's learned. This is, um, this is a man who raised this kid, and, and the kid seizes his father. You know, he, he even says in, the, in that amazing scene after he talked about maybe you should let those people die, he even has a conversation. He says, can I just continue being your son? And Jonathan Kent says, you are my son. And so we need to understand that, that Clark um, loves his father and respects his father, and he says, I trusted him enough that I let him die. Now, I think that that scene would have been better served for me had they not been fighting immediately before. They had this argument, and he makes this horrible statement about, you're not even my father. And it just, I would have rather seen them riding down the road, enjoying some things, talking about the farm life, that sort of thing. And then, boom, um go into uh, this situation with the tornado. I think I don't like that they tried to Spider-Man up Clark Kent in that moment, if that makes any sense. Um, it works, I think, in a Peter Parker situation, but I don't know that it works in a Clark Kent situation, and that's just my personal opinion. I also think that um, that Jonathan Kent his vision of what Clark and who Clark was was very limited. He wasn't, it wasn't a noble death is what I was saying. If it, you know, it's not like he was dying when, when Jonathan Kent in Smallville died, he died because he was fighting to protect his son. He almost died uh, in the season premiere of season two because he was willing to die to protect his son. And now this, and though he's kind of protecting his son, it's Smallville. Everyone knows what happened to Clark on that bus years ago because word gets around, people talk, you know? And so that's just that's just my thinking. Uh, Superman has always been an immediate reactor. If someone is in trouble, then he springs forward to help. That is why Lex is such a powerful villain for him because Lex doesn't worry about the collateral to get blue into a trap. 
This happened several times on Smallville when Clark rushes in front of kryptonite bullets into kryptonite lead lined safes or in kryptonite line safes, etc. He does this because, for the most part, nothing can really hurt him. He has a few weaknesses, so he doesn't think about them when making decisions. I understand that and I agree with that, but you also need to understand the Smallville we saw, the Clark we saw in Smallville, was not a developed Superman, well thought out Superman. Superman, as he got older, and I think he became less reactionary as he gets more experienced. Um, that's, you know, he goes in checking with his x ray vision before he goes in. He does outthink his opponents. Luther is such a good foil for Superman because Luther is so smart and Luther knows how to play off of all of Superman's other perceived weaknesses, the, the, the weaknesses that he perceives as being weaknesses, um, not just his reactionary stuff, that sort of thing. Uh, this version of Superman doesn't have that naivete. I've never thought Superman has naivete, though. That's the thing. I think that Superman, even though he's called the big boy scout, has always been very wise. It's almost like what Captain America was in the Winter Soldiers we talked about last time on the show, is that he sees the way the world is, but he just doesn't necessarily like it. And and his and his goal and his drive and what keeps him moving forward is to eradicate the darkness in the world. And that's okay. I don't think that's naive. I think that that, that works. So anyhow, continuing on in his email, um, he's been taught to think things out to weigh costs and benefits. If Jonathan told Clark the advice to let them die and then begged for Clark to save him from the tornado, then it would have been the height of hypocrisy. Well, he didn't, he didn't give Clark the advice to let them die. When he says maybe, he's confused. He's torn about the situation. He's torn about what's going on. It's not, yeah, you should have let him die. It's, he says, should I just let him die? And he says, maybe. And, and what we have is a Jonathan Kent who's dealing with a situation since, since the first initial writings of Ethan Kent and, you know, and, and later Jonathan Kent, we've had a Jonathan Kent who's known how to deal with this. But the truth of the matter is, is he doesn't know how to deal with this. Any one of us wouldn't really have a clue, or we might, because we have Jonathan and Sarah, or Jonathan and, and Martha to kind of model ourselves after now, but how few of us would really know what to do if an alien with powers landed on our doorstep to raise as one of us. And so when this situation comes up, this 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 off-the-wall situation of a whole bus just going over and, and spilling into a lake, how do you react to that then? You're Because you're worried about your son on one hand, but on the other hand... You know he shouldn't let these kids die, but your instinct as a parent takes over. So he says, maybe. But now I need to show you something. This is why it's important that you keep this secret. You see? So he wasn't advising them to let them die. And he and I'm not saying he would have begged Clark to save him from the tornado. He he wouldn't have begged Clark to do that. He, he, you would have never seen an, a, a scene where he says, save me, son, save me. But to see Clark do it anyway, I think was my problem. I just didn't, it does not sit well with me. He goes on to say, does Blake, uh, don't reveal yourself to a bus full of dying kids, but do it to save me. Jonathan provided a real example for his advice in that moment of Clark, to Clark, in in that moment to Clark, in that moment. Well, just so we know it's in that moment. Um, yeah, I mean, I see, I see your point and I see what you're saying, but I think that you're really taking his conversation with Clark about the kids on the bus to an extreme that I don't think it went to. 
Some choices are not quite as easy as you believe. Obviously, it's a lesson Clark took to heart since he seemed to put the same judgment into effect when he fought Zod and the others. Superman could have been zooming around and trying to save as many people as he could during the destruction of Metropolis, but it wouldn't have made a dent in the eventual cost of a terraformed Earth with a full population of Kryptonians. Superman saved more lives in ignoring those who died than he would have if he jumped back in the quick solution of individual lives. This, to me, proves that deeper thought process. I I agree with you there, but I think you're being a little colder about the situation than you need to be. I, I think that I never struggled with Superman going around to the other side of the world to basically an unprotected world uh, engine you know, that had its own defenses and everything and stopping it to save the entirety of the world. Never had an issue with that. I never thought that was wrong. My situation was is once he gets back to Metropolis and there are still people there, I think what would have softened the blow of all the destruction we saw, and that was the biggest criticism. I'm not saying that criticism came from me. I'm saying that what my biggest criticism of the movie was not using a steady cam, but using a handheld shaky cam and apparently digitally adding extra shakes to it. That was my problem with the movie. That's snark, and I apologize for the snarkiness. But I think what would have softened the blow of the destruction was to see Superman, would have been to see Superman individually save some lives. I, I really do. Um, I've loved Superman my whole life, and I've argued for him since I was little, but the one thing I can never say about him is he's very much of a critical thinker. Then I don't know that you've loved Superman your whole life. and I, Well, I'm sure you have. I don't know that you've read Superman your whole life because over and over again in the comics, we see the critical thinker that is Superman, but what we see is a Superman who's not dark and who's not fighting and who's not lashing out the way a Batman is. You know, he's all about justice and he's all about good and right, but he's not going to um, to to give in to the darkness to fight the darkness, so to speak. He's not going to fight that fire with fire. And and I think some people mistake that for naivete and uncritical thinking. Superman, I think, is, is quite a critical thinker. I think Superman, I, I, there, there are a lot of instances where Superman works out the situation before he goes in, especially in those Silver Age comics, man. It was critical thinking that would take a leap, but you'd come around to the end and Superman would have all the problems. So you're like, how did this happen? And he would explain it. And you'd be like, oh, he had this figured out from the get-go because he's Superman. Anyhow. This version is different because he's been raised different. He's been taught different. I like that. I don't, I don't know that he's been... Uh, yeah, but the different teaching is a little bit... There's too, you can't get away from the fact there's too much fear involved in what they're teaching. I, I just don't think you can. Also, couldn't help but connect the final battle, a Zod battle, to the Master-Doctor battle at the end of Series 6 of Doctor Who. I agree with that. That is a great... Um, that is, a, that is a great connection there for, for Whovians and Superman fans, all the way down to the Doctor being angry and desperate when the Master won't regenerate and he realizes that he's really alone. Touching. Thanks for an amazing podcast. I'm sorry I didn't find out about the Get Fit Challenge until it's too late. No problem. Uh, and uh, let's be honest, the Get Fit Challenge kind of went the way of the dinosaur. Blake, thanks for your opinions and thanks for writing in. I see all of your points, and I don't fully disagree with them, but just maybe a touch. Maybe a touch. Um... I want to give a shout out to Mark Burnett, who write Mark Burdett rather, who writes in and says, "Was well, turned on your show by Quiver, the Arrow podcast. Uh, that's Michael Cohen's podcast, and uh, Michael is a is a podcaster extraordinaire. Quiver, the Arrow podcast. Um, love the show. Started with some older episodes and worked up to the newer. I love your attitudes. I love your attitude, Mark. You make me feel proud to be a geek. You make me feel proud to be a geek. 
Your genuine love of Star Wars, Superman, and comics has warmed my heart. Keep up the awesome work. Well, I will keep up the mediocre work. I haven't quite gotten to awesome yet. And uh, this one comes from Tim. Tim says, um, and he's weighing in on Captain America 2 and the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'll try not to get any spoilers in here for those of you that haven't seen. I'll start off by saying I wouldn't be so sure. Uh, well, she's t he's talking about, a okay, Black Widow at one point, you see a necklace, it's an arrow. It's not a big spoiler, okay? I will start off by saying I wouldn't be so sure if Black Widow's arrow necklace means she has a romantic attachment to High High Hawkeye. Sebastian Stan has signed on for more films. He's played the Winter Soldier than Jeremy Renner and has hinted that he may get to seduce Scarlett Johansson in future films. While Black Widow has been romantically involved with both men in the comics, Winter Soldier is actually more tied to her origins. If we get a Black Widow movie in Phase 3, I'd imagine it has a better chance of seeing the male lead or love interest, of him being the male lead or love interest. Uh, he goes into the comics with a backstory that she tells Steve in the movie. Uh, there are implications... Uh, there are also implications that she implications rather. Why can't I talk? That she doesn't tell Steve everything. The two don't get a one-on-one -on -one conversation after the Winter Soldier's identity is revealed, and they didn't really have a chance to. Uh, when they were just figuring out if they could trust each other, why would you divulge compromising information, uh, such as the fact that you were the protege and lover of the man you're currently fighting? Uh, he, he has some snippets that I'm not going to get into, not because they're not good, but because they get a little too spoilery. My other big thing I took away was this. I have to wonder if they chose to go right uh, to the Winter Soldier story for the sequel. Uh, it's because because Chris Evans' contract is up after Avengers 3. And he said uh, he's ready to take time away from acting and focus on his career as an inspiring director. Sebastian Stan's contract is for nine films. Could be a Captain America 3, a Black Widow movie, and then, if people are familiar with the comics, you know what happens uh, when Steve Rogers steps away for whatever reason, don't want to spoil anything in case they go this way in the movies. Um, and so there you go. Um, and, and Tim goes into a big, big, uh, he, he goes into a lot of different snippets here, uh, connecting some different pieces and everything and getting into spoilers. But I feel like it, because there may be some people who haven't seen it yet, I don't want to get too spoilery. So Tim, I'm not being disrespectful. I'm trying to be respectful trying to respect and finally this one comes from will episode seven cast announcement i'm sure you've had a bazillion emails about it nope just one but i thought i'd make it a bazillion and one nope just one the biggest surprise for me was andy circus we'll talk about that in a minute i wanted to mention the announcement of cyborg as well as a justice league movie in 2017 honestly in my book the press can quit calling it batman versus superman since four justice league members have already been announced i look forward to hearing your opinions on the episode seven cast as well as the upcoming DC movies. You know, the whole DC thing is um, it's kind of off my radar. I, I don't mean... I, I'm just not super stoked about what they're doing. I, I feel like in, in the realm, and I'm sure I'll have people disagree with me, but I feel like as it pertains to world building and, and universe building, that... Um, that Marvel has done the best job of, of doing this cinematically, that, that Marvel has done an incredible job of, uh, of doing this cinematically. And, and rather than, 
and I know what it is. It's a studio trying to be fresh and be new. So they're doing Superman, and then they're not doing a direct Man of Steel sequel. They're doing a Superman-Batman movie, and then they're going to go to Justice League. So they're trying to fast-track a little bit to Justice League, but still get some of that universe building in. And I honestly say Marvel's done it right. Do it the Marvel way. You know, unless you can think, unless this is going to be completely better, and I just don't see how it's going to be much better. Um, Man of Steel was underwhelming to a lot of casual fans, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, it did good. It did over half a million at the box office, that sort of thing. But I feel like to casual fans and people I've spoken to, and that's all I have around me are casual fans. Um, and and I feel like that the, the casual to most casual fans... Man of Steel was a bit of a letdown, and I'm not, I hate to say that, because I, I, genu- I genuinely like a lot of what they did. It, you know, I genuinely enjoy um, so much of what they did, and, uh, and, and, it, and it's just, it, it's, it's unfortunate that, um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm trying to do two things at once here. It's unfortunate that, that it didn't take. You know, it's unfortunate they missed... There was a few missteps in Man of Steel that I think would have made it take a lot better. And and then to jump off of that to go into a Justice League movie, it feels it feels forced. That's I mean, that's really what it comes down to me, is it feels a little forced. So, um, that's all I'm saying about that. And, you know, look, will I be there in a seat? You better believe I'll be there. And that's the thing. It's like I'm not being negative. I'm not coming down on it. I'm not saying it's terrible and it's the most horrible thing ever. I am saying that, you know, I'm going to be there, but it does feel a teeny, teeny bit forced. So that's just my take, and that's that's just kind of my, um, it's kind of my take. You know, some people are saying in the chat that they should have jumped off the Nolan movies. I don't think so. Um, I feel like Nolan, what Nolan did, Nolan told his Batman story he wanted to tell, and that's great, but I don't think he told a Batman story that lent itself to expanding into a larger universe. Uh, some people feel like they should have um, tied it into Arrow, the D- the DC show Arrow, and I, I disagree with that. I think that what you're doing then is is you're hurting you're, you're you're pigeonholing that show and the upcoming Flash television show. You're pigeonholing them into having to mold themselves around the movies, and you end up getting um you you end up getting i don't know you end up kind of end up like marvel's agents of shield which has been great you know but the only reason for honestly the only reason marvel's agents of shield for me has been great in these past few weeks is because it springboards directly off of and and the consequences come directly off of what happened in captain america winter soldier so so that's my thoughts on that we'll get into the casting news here soon enough um before we do that there's a there's a there's just a lot a lot to talk about and the first thing i want to talk about is something that i'm actually super duper excited about Now, we're just in 
the beginnings of baseball season and uh, so far out from anything to do with football season. But, uh, but I, as you know, if you've listened to the show for any amount of time, you know that I love uh, some Georgia Bulldog football. And I also love Star Wars. We know that I love... Those are two loves in my life when it comes to entertainment or sports or that sort of thing, or professional wrestling. You know my loves. But anyhow, Georgia Bulldog football. Well, uh, receiver for the Georgia Bulldogs, Chris Conley, who is a top receiver on the team, uh, used went all around the UGA campus and helped create a, a fan film trailer, fan film Star Wars trailer, uh, all over the UGA campus, and it's pretty cool um, because they don't try to make the the locations exotic or anything. It's almost like the Empire has invaded Earth and invaded uh, the campus of UGA, and some Jedi step out to fight back. This is the uh, this is the article from BleacherReport.com. George receiver Chris Conley has made no secret that he loves Star Wars but he has taken his fandom to the next level with the making of a Star Wars Retribution trailer. Conley filmed the trailer on campus with production beginning back in February, and he plans to follow it up with a lightsaber duel film, which he discussed with the Telegraph Telegraph's Seth Emerson back in December. If he can pull it off, Bulldog fans will have something to look forward to other than football. And this video is on uh, Vimeo. I'll put a link in the chat for those who are there uh to to check it out um it is uh it's it's really cool i don't generally go for fan films but i tend to just be a sucker for anything that the georgia bulldogs or georgia bulldog player does so i really dug this and i did kind of find myself watching i'm like oh please just have a jedi come out of nowhere there was a few things i would have done differently you know and i'll and here's the real exciting thing i tweeted uh chris conley right after this and hopefully we'll have him on the show soon to talk a little bit about this, to talk some, um, to talk some Star Wars, to talk some college football, and uh, oh, it'll be a good time. It's really exciting. It's it's really really a neat a neat trailer, and and those and if you're a and I know that not everyone who listens, we've got people all over the world listening to this thing, so you have to indulge me for a moment. If you know Athens, Georgia, and you know the University of Georgia campus, and you know Sanford Stadium, and you know uh, that that Georgia G logo, which some people say is Green Bay Packers, but you know, Green Bay actually has to, uh, had to pay, um, the university of Georgia to use that logo. There's a little bit of trivia for you guys. If you know these moments and you know, these places just really cool to check it out. So, um, so there you go is <laughs> the five Oh first in the same conference as the Bulldogs. So, uh, it's, it's, it's neat to me. And as a Georgia fan, it's, it's even cooler. And, uh, and knowing that this guy is a, uh, a big star Wars fan and some other stuff, you can follow him on Twitter at underscore flight underscore 31 on Twitter and tell him that, uh, that you heard us talking about him on geek out loud and, and that you hope he'll come on the show. Uh, so anyhow, I, he did say he's down for it. So, uh, and, and I've started the process of trying to get him on. So hopefully we'll have him on soon, sooner than later. All right. Having said all that, it's time to talk about what we came here 
to talk about. And it may surprise you what we talk about first. Star Wars all over the news. Star- <laughs> Doc Zen says, My Little Pony, the movie. <laughs> um, it is, uh, it, Star Wars has been all over the news, not just today, but over the weekend. Everyone, I, I appreciate all of your snark and all of your sarcasm in the chat of, I'm so shocked, I'm so surprised. Come on, guys. Anyhow, Star Wars did break the internet again. It does that. When big news happens, servers crash. I mean, that's just how things happen. But before we get into the big news from today, um, this happened back on the 25th of April, which was last Friday, I believe, this past Friday from the time of recording. Star Wars uh, Expanded Universe, it says, turns a new page. This is from StarWars.com. A lot of you have heard this Uh, news. For over 35 years, the expanded universe has enriched the Star Wars experience for fans seeking to continue the adventure beyond what is seen on screen. And uh, it goes on, this article goes on to talk about uh, how the the EU came along, and it says, Lucasfilm always strived to keep the stories created for the EU consistent with our film and television content, as well as internally consistent But Lucas always made it clear that he was not beholden to the EU. He sets the films he created as canon. This includes, this includes the six Star Wars episodes that we've had so far, the many hours of content he developed and produced in Star Wars The Clone Wars. These stories are the immovable objects of Star Wars history, the characters and events to which all other tales must align. And I think that is the key there. And I think that's the one thing that people for a long time, a lot of fans have had a hard time understanding is that what George Lucas set out, the story that George Lucas set out to tell is what had to align to star Wars, not vice versa. Um, and, and in doing so, and in, and in, and in doing, and in having these issues with, uh, with the EU and people having their, there were times when things didn't quite go the way people thought they should go. And, uh, and it, and it tended to tick people off and people would get mad and people begin to question, um, what George Lucas, what business George Lucas, the creator and father of star Wars, uh, had doing telling any star Wars stories and nothing could be wackier. Nothing could be more ridiculous to me. Now, Here's the thing, and I want everyone to understand, I love the Star Wars Expanded Universe. I never, never did not like the Star Wars Expanded Universe. In fact, in the Star Wars room, I'm, I'm turning around right now and stretching my neck just to look at the bookshelf where I've got tons of Star Wars books just sitting on, on the bookshelf. There, that I have Not only that I bought, but that I read and enjoyed and, and, and had a good time with. But let's, guys, sit back and let Uncle Steve tell you a story, okay? There was a time, and, and those of us who were of age remember a time when Star Wars was almost forgotten by, it seemed, by almost everyone else in the world. 
there was a time when for for people like me who used to love who who grew up loving Star Wars, grew up playing Star Wars, grew up having a great time with his friends and playing with the toys and and all this stuff, watching the movies over and over and over again. I watched Star Wars the way a four-year-old girl watches Disney princess videos. I mean, I was just, I would wear videotapes out watching Star Wars. I remember when when I first got a job, when I finally had my own disposable income, one of the first things I bought with my own money were actual store bought copies of the original trilogy on VHS because the only copies of the original trilogy we had on VHS were things we'd recorded off a of TV or my uncle who had the ability to, uh, you know, copy videotapes had, you know, ignored the FBI warning and made us copies of empire and return of the Jedi. And it's just one of those things where everyone else seemed to have forgotten after 1984 seem to have forgotten Star Wars. It just kind of drifted away. It just kind of went away. The way a lot of things do in pop culture. You know, you they hit big and then, and then they fade. What I didn't know as kind of an isolated Star Wars fan is that there were a lot of people like me who just missed it. I had on my door of I had on the door of my bedroom for years interchangeable Star Wars posters. When one finally just kind of fell off the wall, I'd find another one and put it up there, you know. Uh, I was, I, I, my toys, my Star Wars toys stayed in my closet. You know, I was, I was Andy from Toy Story 3 when it comes to my Star Wars toys. You know, they never got really all the way put away. I never pulled them out and played with them after a certain age, but they were always there. And, and I always knew that these are things that I would never get rid of as if I could help it, you know? And, and so, you know, in the played with condition that they were and all this stuff, I just, I knew I'd hold on to them. But Star Wars was there. You know, Star Wars was always there for me. And or not not there for me. Like, I wasn't like, you know, Star Wars was always there for me when no one else was. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I kept it around when no one else did. I kept it around me personally. It stayed confined to my bedroom, you know. But other than that, I feel like I'm rambling on. Anyhow. In in the early 90s, and I've told this story before, I'm in St. Simons Island. There's a bookstore down near the pier in, a, in an area they call the village there on St. Simons. And I happen upon Timothy Zahn's Heir to the Empire. And I just, I'm blown away. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm just like, I'm thrown back. My hair blew back. You know, I was just like, what, what is this? There's the Star Wars logo. There's this man that looks like someone did a bad drawing of Obi-Wan Kenobi with some kind of laser beam shooting out of his fingers. But there's Luke, and there's Leia, and there's Han, and there's the cast. And I know these people. I'm familiar with these people. And uh, and I wouldn't be able to get it that day because it was like a twenty, you know, eighteen twenty dollar hardcover book. But I had to wait till it came in and pay, came out on paperback or came out in paperback on paperback. And I picked it up and devoured it. I absolutely loved it and could not wait to get my hands on Dark Force Rising and then could not wait to get my hands on the Last Command to see how this trilogy rounded out because you need to understand that even as a kid. As as a as a six seven eight year old kid, 
when friends would start talking episodes seven, eight, and nine, when they would read some rumor in a Starlog magazine or a or, or some other fanzine that they'd somehow got their 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 grubby hands on, and there'd be a blurb about you know seven, eight, and nine, I'd always say no, it's never going to happen. I even said that about one, two, and three. People would say, well, one, two, and three, no, it's never going to happen. You know, I don't see, you know, this is just, and then as you learn about George Lucas's love of those old movie serials, you know, I begin, that begin to be my defense that this is why it's never going to happen. These are old movie serials and you didn't always get to see these things. And of course, this is before the, the, the age of DVD and on demand, you know, video and that sort of thing. And so there, there were people who probably went their whole lives having gone to a theater and seeing like part 13 of, of the Flash Gordon serial and never seeing anything else, never knowing how they got out of this jam or that sort of thing. And, you know, nowadays you can just look it up on the YouTube or, or, or find, the, find a dollar DVD of it or go to Netflix or some, or some such. But, but back then, you know, these, I was like, this is how it's, this is, you know, this is just life. This is how things are now, guys. And there's not going to be a 789. I was always that naysayer. And then I saw this book, and I'm like, this is episode seven. It has to be. This is what episode seven would have been. And I love the character of Grand Admiral Thrawn, and I love Talon Card, and I, and I, and I hated Mara Jade for all the right reasons. And I was confused, and I went back to Return of the Jedi. I'm like, I never saw this woman in Jabba's palace. You know, I go back to my VCR trying to just pause and 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 inch forward and try to see this person. But these stories, absolutely, for me you know, completely rocked. And I don't want to misrepresent him. He's in the chat right now. Michael Cohen, I believe Michael Cohen is the, um, is the one person who I've ever talked to in my life that wasn't the big fan like everyone else was of that original Timothy Zahn trilogy. I don't want, I think it was him. Cohen, correct me if I'm wrong there in the chat, but I really feel like, um, that's, that's what happened. And um, that that was you who said that. But I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And, and it seemed like that began because those those books were New York Times bestsellers. There was an audience for Star Wars out there. And that seemed to spark something, not just in bookstores and not just on bookshelves, but in the in the underpinnings of pop culture and fandom. Because what began to happen is Kevin J. Anderson comes out with his uh, with his series, his Jedi Academy series, and, and not not the not the young adult novels, but um, but the Jedi Academy trilogy, which I, I remember reading the second book of that, <clears throat> and uh, the it ends spoiler alert with um, with Luke on a on the top of one of the temples on Yavin in basically a forced coma and and we had like months to wait to find out what happened um but i go back to what i was saying that i saw these books and, and you need to understand i didn't think they were a novelization of seven eight and nine as someone's asking in the chat but i did think that you know they were they were what we were going to get as seven eight and nine you see and i was perfectly okay with it and everything that came out I, I devoured. I read I read those young adult novels. I read the Jedi Academy series. I loved I really enjoyed reading about Jaina and Jason and 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 I and I liked Lobaka, Chewie's four sensitive nephew and 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 I was I was digging all of what happened with 
with with these characters the courtship of princess leia which gets a lot of you know sometimes some hate from some people i enjoyed i i believe the courtship of princess leia is the book that gave us the term kiss my wookie um you know and and it also introduced us to uh to dathomir and the witches of dathomir um and then in 97 the special editions were released the the star wars original trilogy was re-released in theaters with updated uh, special effects and a few um, deleted scenes thrown in here and there. And, um, you know, for better or for worse, whatever you think about those things, you know, we've heard it all before, okay? It's been, good night, it's been, what, 27 years? Seven, 17 years? 17 years, not 27 years. Don't date myself that much. Um, it's been 17 years since the special editions came out. And... um we're still hearing people complain about Greedo shooting first and complaining about Jabba the Hutt and complaining about blah, blah, blah and complaining about this. And I'm, I'm, I'm it's like, get over it. It happened. It is what it is. You know what? The, uh, the, the space battle looks a whole lot better around the Death Star. The Battle of Yavin looks better than it did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, the, the, uh, the the cloud city man they opened that mess up and it you know and and it's amazing what they did with the lighting i mean we you miss that you don't think about that when you're watching these things but they digitally they went in and digitally recreated the lighting for all of these sets to make it be a little bit more opened up it's amazing now on the blu-ray ewoks blinking is still a little weird for me but um but it's cool you know it's fine it's fine. And so, uh, anyhow, EU, back to the EU. What am I talking about? Oh, and so that happens. Those come out in 97, and you're riding the wave of that, and then you hear that in 99 we're going to get the Star Wars prequels. And the prequels are new Star Wars. For the first time ever on the big screen, new Star Wars. Now, at this point... We'd had almost a decade's worth, not quite, you know, seven years or so of uh, of Star Wars in these novels, in these comics, and all this other stuff. And, and some of it was good, some of it not so good. Looking at you, Darksaber. Looking at you, the New Rebellion. Anyone remember that one? I never hear anyone, when they're all talking about and, and lauding the praises of the EU, I never hear anyone talk about how the New Rebellion was my favorite book. You know, but also what happened around then, uh, after, after episode one, um, came out, the new Jedi order hit and, um, well, it was good. Yeah, it was, it was definitely an interesting, uh, concept. They killed off Chewie. Um, they, 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 they shook up the universe and it went on for 30 or 40,000 different novels. And it was the early days of ebooks, so you could get an ebook short story here, an e short story there to kind of fill in this, this place here, this place there. And, you know, it was, I read the whole thing, read the whole thing. But by the time that I was done with that, by the time they got through the New Jedi Order, 
you had episodes one, episodes two, episode three, not episodes, but episode three out, and you had this television show on the horizon, we were getting Star Wars on a regular basis. And so what the EU had originally done for me, which is kind of give me a Star Wars fix, I didn't need anymore. And I don't think that makes me less of a fan. I think it's just kind of where I am in the way that I consume my media, if you will. And, and, and so I, I'm saying all this to say good morning. No, I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying all this to say I really did love the EU, and I never did not like the EU. And there's been some great stuff since, man. The Darth Plagueis novel is, is just a mind trip to read. And if, you, and if you want to put it in your personal canon, it alters completely the way that you watch The Phantom Menace. It is, it is an incredible novel, and it's, and it's also a... I've always said it needs kind of an appendix of, of reference material so that we know where a lot of these things come from. Uh, the Kenobi, the novel Kenobi, which is probably going to get the Legends treatment, um, it was great. I really liked Cowboy Kenobi on Tatooine. I really dug it. Listen, I go back to, I loved Heir to the Empire and, and Dark Force Rising and The Last Command. I like Grand Admiral Thrawn as a villain. Um, there were a lot of other forgettable villains, and I got tired of seeing the kids get kidnapped every now and again. But overall, I really dug the Star Wars universe. You know, there were the, the expanded universe. There were a few things I wish they'd have done differently. I, I didn't like the fact that in the opening of Heir to the Empire, you basically get Luke's last conversation with Ben Kenobi. And I feel like that negated him seeing Yoda and Ben and Anakin at the end of Return of the Jedi. It's like, why? This is not immortality. This is this is fading away. And I, and I understand what Zahn was doing, but I didn't like it at the same time. Because it also helped keep from getting too many things uncluttered. Now, what Timothy Zahn has been good at is going back and, and, and re... Um, what's the word? Retrofitting, not... What is the, oh my Lanta, what is the word for when you, retconning. Uh, he's been good at retconning his stuff to fit into the prequels. But then you throw in Karen Travis on on the side of, um, on, on, on the other side of the spectrum, who who did all of this stuff with the clones and all this stuff with the, uh, with, with the Mandalorians and everything, and people start speaking Mando like they're Klingons or something. All of a sudden, you got Star Wars fans acting like Star Trek fans, and don't even get me started on that. Good night. It was here, number one. But, and then when, and when the Clone Wars contradicts what she's doing, she gets mad and takes her ball and goes home. She acts, she, she acted like it was not, she acted like it was her sandbox and they took her sand when it had been set forth from the get-go exactly what this thing says here what what this what this art this thing why can i not talk this article says um that lucas always made it clear that he was not beholden to the eu so here's what they're doing now and, and i'm talking people's brains have exploded we have an unprecedented slate of new Star Wars entertainment on the horizon, said Kathleen Kennedy. We're set to bring Star Wars back to the big screen and continue the adventure through games, books, comics, and new formats that are just emerging. This future of interconnected storytelling will allow fans to explore this galaxy in deeper ways than ever before. In order to give maximum credit or maximum creative freedom to the filmmakers and also preserve an element of surprise and discovery for the audience, 
Star Wars Episodes 7, 8, and 9 will not tell the same story told in the post-Return of the Jedi Expanded Universe. Post-Return of the Jedi Expanded Universe. While the universe that readers knew is changing, it is not being discarded. Creators of new Star Wars Entertainment will have full access to the rich content of the Expanded Universe. For example, elements of the EU are included in Star Wars Rebels. The Inquisitor, the Imperial Security Bureau, the Sinar Fleet Systems, are story elements in the new animated series, and all these ideas find their origins in role-playing game material published in the 80s. Demand for past tales of the Expanded Universe will keep them in print, presented under the new Legends banner. Now listen, this is the best of both worlds. This is the best of both worlds. Um, this is, uh, this is, this is us getting these stories still available, still able to introduce people to these great stories, but uh, tell them like, this is just kind of a thing. Timothy Zahn had a great reaction to all this. He's like, look, my books take place five years after Return of the Jedi. No matter what happens in the movie, he said a good writer can creatively retcon, basically retcon what they're saying. I'm paraphrasing Tim Zahn. And he was not bothered by this in any way. You know why? Because he cashed his checks, guys. He cashed his checks back in the 90s. And they didn't bounce. Timothy Zahn got a lot of steam. And he's, you know, to this day, making a lot of, made a lot of headway. He was a great science fiction writer before. This skyrocketed him. This, This exposed him to a lot of people who wouldn't have known who Timothy Zahn was and read some of his other works had it not been for this. Same thing with a Kevin Anderson. Same thing with any of these people who have stepped in to this world. And most of them are very gracious about what's going on and, and what's happening. And I'm, I'm telling you straight up, best move Lucasfilm has made uh, since announcing the, the sequel trilogy was going ahead and clearing this up for us. On the screen, the first new canon to appear will be Star Wars Rebels. Rebels is canon. In print, the first new books to come from this creative collaboration include novels from Del Rey Books. First to be announced, John Jackson Miller is writing a novel that precedes the events of Star Wars Rebels and offers insight into key characters' backstory with input directly from executive producers Dave Filoni, Simon Kinberg, and Greg Weissman. This is just the beginning of a creatively aligned program of Star Wars storytelling created by the collaboration of incredibly talented people united by their love of that galaxy far, far away. And I think that's the key. I think what we've got to realize here, because people always talked about how... um, People always talked about how George Lucas, everything he did was a money grab and that sort of thing. Well, yeah, he was an independent filmmaker. He was an independent business owner. And, of course, he's going to do whatever he can to make the money off of this stuff. But now what you have here, the people in charge of this creative this creative uh, juncture, this creative um, uh, situation, I can't think of all oh, this. Man, I'm like William Shatner not being able to recall words. Have you heard an interview with him lately? He just stumbles over words, and that's what I'm doing right now. The people in charge of the creative direction of Star Wars have this one thing in common, that they all love Star Wars. They all love Star Wars. And and I think that's key to um I think that I think that's key to, to the to the whole process moving forward. Uh I was on um the Rebels podcast with Michael Cohen recently and we were talking about Rebels and I was kind of sharing some of my fears or not my fears, but you know, my trepidations about what's coming down the pipe with Rebels. And we sat and talked about things and I really feel better. I really I really feel better. Um 
I really feel better about what's coming down the pipe in Rebels. Man, May 4th, we're going to get a, a trailer for Rebels, not just a sneak peek, but a trailer. And I'm looking forward to it. And and it's the first Star Wars canon we've gotten since the Clone Wars, and it's going to be good stuff, man. And the canon they gave us in, in Clone Wars and the stuff they gave us in Clone Wars, uh, especially in Season 6, is just amazing. It's thought-provoking, and, and you can talk for hours about the, the concepts that are there and the mythology that's there and how it opens up. You know, the fact that they throw Darth Bane in gives some credence to those pre, even prequel novels, the Darth Bane trilogy, all this stuff. You know, is and, and, and all it takes is a little bit of common sense to connect sense to connect a few dots here. Kenobi's not out as far as being canon goes. It's not post Return of the Jedi, and it doesn't matter either if it's canon because the truth of the matter is, let's just shocker. I'm going to blow everyone's mind. None of this ever happened. It isn't real. So we can complain and and moan about what's canon and what's not canon all day long. Why am I being so why am I being why why am I being so mean right now calm down Steve calm down I'm excited about this announcement I'm excited that creatively they're bringing everything under one umbrella and it doesn't mean that I did not love and do not love the EU what it means every time I hear them talk about like the European Union on the news and they refer to it as EU, you know what I immediately think? Expanded universe. That's how much of a fan I am. That's how ingrained this stuff is in me. I love the expanded universe, man. I love some of the characters that came out of the expanded universe. But quite frankly, as you moved forward in some of the storytelling of the of the expanded universe, what happened to me is is I stopped recognizing it as Star Wars. And that's just me as an old school fan. That's me being an old fogey, guys. That's me saying, back in my day, the Ewoks movies are canon for me, you know? I mean, that's, I'm just saying, Caravan of Courage, or as I knew it, the Ewok Adventure, shoot. Battle for Endor, oh my lanta, that's one of the darkest movies you'll ever watch in your life. Go watch Battle for Endor. Everybody dies in the first five minutes. So anyhow, Hell Hydra. No, I'm not Helen Hydra. You guys know me better than that. I'm a good guy. But there's a great video that accompanied this article on StarWars.com uh, with all kinds of artists and different people um, talking about their favorite moments from the expanded universe and people that have been involved in Star Wars uh, talking about their favorite moments from the expanded universe. And so it, it did not go out... The expanded universe, well, it's not going away at all, and it definitely hasn't been punked out. I mean, it's going out in a blaze of glory, and, and we're getting new Star Wars, guys. Just reset and have a good time. So anyhow, when did Steve lose his love of Star Wars? I love Star Wars. I love Star Wars. Oh, it's a cool story. I wasted some money the other day. I'm, I'm in Douglas, Georgia. Got to give these guys a shout out. Empire Games, Comics, and Toys in Douglas, Georgia. What I was what I was drawn to um, <clears throat> by them was their font on their sign is Star Wars font. And I'm like, well, I'm, maybe you should check that out. And they said they had toys, and so I'm like, well, maybe I'll check it out. And see what they got. And you know, and they I walk in, clean place, nice people, super nice people. And um, 
they have some figures on on a shelf, you know, and I'm just kind of looking through them. There's some of the vintage collection from Hasbro and, you know, some episode three figures and some different things. And there's some greenbacks, some green cardbacks. This is for all you collectors. You know exactly what I'm talking about. But there was a... um, there was a figure I'd never seen before. I don't have it in my collection. I'd never seen it in the wild. Um, Greenback, the expanded universe collection that Kenner put out back in the 90s, uh, out of that collection, you got a Grand Admiral Throne. You got uh, Mara Jade. Um, there was the the Dark Trooper from Dark Force Rising. Big, big guy. And uh, other stuff. But anyhow, uh, there was a Space Trooper. I'd never seen a Space Stormtrooper before out in the wild i didn't even know it exists i'm like what is this and so i grabbed it picked it up it's cool i mean it's not really super you know super thought after but it was neat to add something to my collection and do it right in the little town that i work in it's great to have dudes a big star wars fan and uh hopefully they're listeners to geek out loud i told them i'd give them a shout out on the podcast so here's a shout out empire uh games and comics in douglas georgia games comics and toys in Douglas, Georgia. The dude was so cool, man. We got to talking about Star Wars. He's like, well, here, I've got something you might like. And he brings me a, a, a thermos from an Ewoks lunchbox. Super cool, man. He just gave it to me. It was great. And uh, hopefully, as I have some disposable income, don't have any right now, but hopefully one day when I have some more disposable income, I'll be able to go uh, frequent their shop and, 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 and use those guys to help me replenish my collection. He said he was getting in um, a bunch of the old original Masters of the Universe and uh and some gi joe toys that someone was going to give him so um alicia and chances steve hit him over there and took thermos no no he gave me the thermos as a gift and we're friends now we're besties so he's going to teach me how to play the guitar and we're going to start a band it's going to be amazing (laughs) so uh (laughs) um he's the face in the window Stay away from the face in the window is what I say. All right. Um, here's what we're going to do. we got so much more to talk about. Some exciting stuff was confirmed today, and uh, we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. I'm, I'm trying to get my timing right here because we're going to do something pretty special um, with the timing. So uh, so let me, let me take what we call in the industry a quick break, and when we come back, um, we're going to talk about all about Wait a minute. We're not going to take a... I'm doing some on-the-fly production here, guys. We're going to um, talk all about this casting announcement that we got today uh, from StarWars.com. Coming soon to Kenner, the new Play It Out Loud line of toys. You can be the amazing Big Honkin'. I'd be glad that. Become your favorite heroes. Mono, mono, mono. Superman, Superman, Superman! Hello, lady! Act out your favorite adventures. Oh no, Kenna's Play It Out Loud. Buck Thompson, Bigfoot, and Edna Playset sewed separately. Now you have the power of the Gulliverse in your hands. Alright, so, I get an email, I get an email, I get a text today from... Riley Blanton. I'm at work and I get a text and he says, Hey, they've announced the cast. They've announced the star Wars cast. And I'm like, okay, what, what's up? And he says, any, any kind of, you know, spills the deets on, on the original group and all. And, um, 
and and I'm just like, all right, well, I got to figure out what's going on. We're busy, man. We got people ordering lunch left and right. We've got all kinds of, I'm sitting there in the kitchen, man. I've got stuff. I got food burning because I'm like, I got to get the news. I got to get the news. And all I could hear in my head was this. And I'm reading, uh, I'm reading news, and I'm finding out, and I'm seeing people complain online already, and I'm seeing all this other stuff, and I'm like, how can anyone complain? How can anyone gripe? It's one of the greatest days ever. A Georgia Bulldog football player is a huge Star Wars fan. He's going to come on Geek Out Loud, and 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 I'm going to get to talk. And and, and on my Lanta, the cast is back, and it's just, oh, it's the greatest. It's one of the greatest Star Wars. It is the greatest Star Wars day ever since they first announced that there would be seven, eight, nine. I'm sorry, it really is. Because look, here's the truth. Honestly, some of this stuff is non-news. Can we just be honest about that right now? The fact that Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, and Harrison Ford are involved in this movie is kind of non-news. We've all sensed it. We've all known it was coming. And it's it's just one of those things. And now, to join us in the conversation about this, we are moving over into the Star Wars report with Riley Blanton. Riley, how's it going? Who you got with us? I'm Steve Glosson from Geek Out Loud. Hey, and this Steve, we had this great idea, and then I thought, who introduces whom in this situation? I, listen, when when it comes when it comes time for someone to take over, you know I'll do it. And uh, and Aaron Gones is also with us from the Star Wars Bookworms podcast. Let me translate for everyone who did not understand Riley when he was just talking because of because of Skype. We've got Riley, we've got his sister Bethany, we've got Aaron Goins from the Star Wars Bookworms podcast. See, this is why this is why uh, you're brilliant, Steve. How how are we coming in now? Can you hear us now? You're little you're a little muffly, but that's all right, man. Let's get really close to the microphone. Well, don't get Hello? close don't get close to the microphone. That's not going to help. Okay. All right. Well, we have a lot to talk about. Do we not? I, man, I'm I'm super. I'm I'm. I was just talking about how I'm incredibly stoked. To me, this is some of the best news uh, in Star Wars history since we find out we're getting seven, eight, and nine. Ah, uh, yes. And I don't have my soundboard with me, and I was sad when I was looking at it because I have a series of audio clips of you joking about the fact <laughs> that George Lucas is going to come out and say seven, eight, nine, and then drop the mic and walk away. It's never happening. So yes, uh, let's let's do it. Let's, let's start. Let's start with the the actual returning uh, returning cast. It's finally the worst kept secret in all of Hollywood history. Well, I was actually just saying that as you called in that this is really non news that Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, and Carrie Fisher are back for Star Wars is kind of non news to every one of us because uh, the cat's been out of the bag for a while, and um, and it's just nice to have it finally officially confirmed. Oh. Yes, I mean it's 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 almost overdue. It's it, it's been a long time since we were able to talk about anything real as far as casting goes. And it feels like 
it was funny because I was listening to another show that was talking about how tired they were of hearing Star Wars rumors. Of course, that show posted this morning before the announcement that we finally got official stuff. But yeah, that's right. It's kind of strange that in, in some ways that it took them this long. But there were some surprises because also returning Anthony Daniels, Peter well, but, Mayhew. Well, Peter Mayhew, and he, yeah. And Kenny Baker. Yeah, Peter Mayhew now, was not that big of a surprise to me. Um, the rumor around with him. Yeah. Anthony Daniels, not that big of a surprise to me. And that's, and you have to confess that to me either, but Kenny Baker was to me. I was not expecting, and so I knew that kind of no off between uh, Mr. Daniels and Mr. Baker. Interesting to see how they're, um, they're going to work out with that. And I think it'd be interesting also to see how the idea of Kenny Baker being there means, means to me how much they're committing to recapture that sort of Riley, I've got to I've got to stop you here, man. Um, Aaron, are you are you hearing me? Okay. I can hear you fine, Steve. And, and uh, I, Riley's I, really breaking up. Riley is really breaking up. Aaron uh, Goins from the Bookworm uh, <laughs> from the Star Wars Bookworm <laughs> podcast. How's it going, man? We've not let you talk. Riley's breaking up over there. Riley, get your internet fixed. Yes, yes, yes. I'll be right back. I'll tell you what. I'll I'll, I'll let you guys go, and uh, Aaron, I'll actually ship you over to uh, to Steve as well. Can you do that? Uh, I think I can. Hmm, you're like I the little I engine can. that could. <laughs> I think I can. If nothing, if nothing else, uh, Aaron, you can call in to Steve right after this, and I'll see if I can't uh, fix up some tech issues. How's that sound? Sounds great. Are you closing the call? All right. Aaron, All right, d- definitely right call you. me up here. I've got Aaron's. Uh, he, we're, we're Skype friends. Sorry, guys. Didn't work out. I, I'm going to call Riley Blanton out right now um, on... Uh, on on the old uh on the old podcast is his Skype is just never never works out. Aaron, you with us here? I am here. Hey man, oh my gosh, you sound incredible now. Yeah, it's, Riley was dragging me down. I tell you what, man. Well, it's good to have you. Tell us real quick before we jump into all this stuff. Tell us a little bit about Star Wars Bookworms. Okay, so Star Wars Bookworms is a podcast that I do with Teresa Delgado. Ah, um, Teresa Delgado Luther. <laughs> yeah, and we uh, we basically cover all the new Star Wars novels and comics as they come out. We do reviews, um, and we also kind of just discuss general. I guess I can't use the term expanded universe anymore, but we talk about the Legends books. We talk <laughs> yeah. about you know all the new books coming out. So yeah, that's pretty much what we do. Over you there. know, I just got through talking about the expanded universe news here um, because I hadn't had a chance to talk about it on Geek Out Loud yet, and I was talking about how the fact that it doesn't. I mean, I've always loved the expanded universe uh, in recent years. When I read some of the you know the novels that are further along in the storyline, it doesn't feel like Star Wars to me anymore uh, because I'm an old fogey. But uh, but when you consider things like Kenobi and Darth Plagueis and, and some of those type novels, the expanded universe has really added to a lot of richness. But I'm okay with the way they're doing things. Yeah, I mean, I think they really made the best decision that they could have made in the situation. You know, obviously a lot of fans aren't going to like that decision because they feel like some of the things that they were invested in no longer count anymore. But, I mean, it is a tough thing, and it is kind of sad to to think that possibly some of the storylines aren't going to continue. Some of these characters that we really like mm-hmm. aren't going to be, you know, fleshed out anymore. But I think they really did make the best decision, kind of yeah. cut it off and start fresh. Yeah, I do, I do too. So uh, we were talking before Riley became a Cylon, and... Um, and talking about the fact that uh, 
that some of this is non-news as far as those big three are concerned. Were you surprised about any of, of the returning cast? No, not really. I mean, you know, like you guys were saying, we kind of knew that was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm happy that it's there. You know, I'm, I'm very excited to see Mark Hamill back as Luke Skywalker. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he was my favorite character in the original trilogy. So just to see him back and it looks like he's gotten in some pretty good shape, you know, so, and, you know, I think it's going to be great. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm really anxious to see where he shows up, what what Luke's role in this whole thing is going to be, and uh, and how it's going to pan out um, down the road. Uh, Han Solo being back is pretty exciting to me. I'm I'm going to call it right now. Han Solo dies in Episode Seven. Yeah, I think that it seems like a lot of people are saying that. So, I mean, it makes sense. Um, I, I heard something today like he he's only signed up for one film. Is the rumor? So, yeah. you know. It kind of makes sense, but and I think wasn't he wanting to die in uh, Empire Strikes Back? He was wanting to die. Well, no, yes, and then he want actually. I think he wanted to die in Return of the Jedi. I think he okay. thought that if he would, his character would be better served by um, by dying in Return of the Jedi. I'm going to try to bring Riley in now, Riley and Bethany in to see if I can do a better job with my Skype than Riley can with his. I don't, I don't know that he's going to answer though. He's not, so forget him. Aaron, we're going to continue talking. All right, we're back. Yeah, uh, and Michael Cohen is wanting to come in, too. He says he'll be home in five minutes if we want him to join. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's going to be someone in the chat here over at uh, Mixer.com slash Big Honkin Show. Alicia says, Chewie lives, right? I think that'd be something neat to turn on its head, to have to have Han die, but Chewie stick around. You know? Yeah. Um, and it adds a dynamic to... Uh, Chewy and what his role is. Riley, you with us? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Am I with you? Am I all here? Hello? Riley? How's it going? All right. You're back. Look at that. How am I sounding yeah. now? You Any sound better? so much better. And you know who sounds better than you? Uh, probably. Maybe. B- <laughs> Bethany, how's it going, man? It is going so well, especially today. It was so exciting to get the news. I can hardly contain myself. I could hardly do schoolwork. I was reading, and it was a good day. It is. It is a a great day to be a Star Wars fan. Aaron and I were talking before we brought you guys back in um, about Harrison Ford's involvement and the fact that we may see the death of Han Solo in Episode 7. That is exactly what I was talking to Riley about because... I mean, let's face it, all the ladies love Han Solo, and I was just kind of thinking he might die. Yeah. I here And then it was said in the chat over here on the RN at Mixler.com slash Big Honkin' Show, um, what if Chewie lives and Han dies? Now, that like that's mm. the ultimate irony, right? <laughs> isn't, it? isn't it? Mark Herleman's head just blew up. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean... But that's likely. I think it's very likely to say, especially with the rumors of him having a major role. And uh, I was listening to the fantastic podcast Rebel Force Radio this afternoon. Yeah, I haven't heard. I haven't heard them talk yet. A reaction show. I want to highlight something that Kyle Newman said. I haven't heard this, but I trust Kyle Newman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in fact. The, I'm printing T-shirts for Celebration Seven. Right. I trust Kyle Newman um, because he put a little heart on it. Uh, probably also on the I very back so. of the shirt, Jason Swank. Okay, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the adventurous angel Jason Swank. Um, but uh, I totally lost my train of thought. What, though. what was oh, it that Kyle, Kyle Newman, Newman said? Um, he said that he had heard that he had only signed. Before that is only signed for one film. 
Yeah, that's what Aaron said that that he he was he was mentioning that in um and and so yeah, I mean, I think it'd be uh, you know, I, he obviously and, and Aaron I've already said this, but well, I'm just going to catch you up with the conversation, Riley. I appreciate I appreciate it. Um that that Harrison Ford obviously he you know, he said time and time again he wanted Han, the Han Solo character to die and return of the Jedi. He felt like that would be, better serve the character than having him live on. And uh, and the whole news about only one as far as we know one that we're hearing one film um i don't i don't have a problem with that you know i don't think i would either especially uh, if if the story is done as well as i expect it to be which i do have pretty high expectations Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i I just want to point out the fact of how much it it is it allows me to breathe freely as a fan now that they've cleared the air with the expanded universe, yeah, I'm so glad that that's happened. Yeah, I was talking about that before you guys came on, and, and Aaron yeah. and I talked a little about it. Aaron, you were you were about to say something? Oh, I was just going to say, like, can you? Because you're talking about the possibility of Han dying and not Chewie. Mm-hmm. Can you have Chewie in Star Wars without Han Solo? If uh, Han dies, what does that leave Chewie? I mean, I guess at that point he he would um you know kind of be the protector of leia at that point maybe i don't know his life debt would oh, transfer over oh you're assuming they're married they got to be but <laughs> <laughs> but um i don't know cuz han has always kind of been the voice of chewie and so like without han i don't know how you would still have chewie yeah I, well that's kind that's of true a sad chewie well, he'd be like the he'd be like Han from the expanded universe and go get drunk and paint his Millennium Falcon black. Yes, <laughs> he'd be like uh, Russell Crowe in the new Noah movie and just fall into utter despair. Or would he and three PO then become a team? Now that would be interesting. Star Wars comedy gold. Would yeah. it though? Would it would though? It? I mean, we've seen it. It's an Empire. Everyone's favorite movie. Everyone's well. Everyone's favorite Star Wars movie. Not mine, but. You know, not that's sure. another, well, there you that's go. Another. Well, what's your favorite of the of the original of the film? Uh, Return of the Jedi. I hear you, favorite. Aaron. Me and you are like twins. But I thought you said Empire was your favorite. No, I'm saying that's everyone's favorite. Oh, okay. That's that was yeah. my sarcastic way of saying you don't listen to Geek Out Loud. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> caught, 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 busted. Uh, but the internet works. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> um, it it's just it, it's. Again, it's kind of non-news. It's fun now to kind of speculate where these characters will be and what's going on. I want to go back to to what we were saying before you turned into a Cylon, Riley. And and mm. that is, we were talking a little bit about Anthony Daniels and Kenny Baker. I'm not surprised to see Anthony Daniels. little surprised to see uh, Kenny Baker included in the cast. Well, I mean, because as you get that age, it's just like technically speaking, I assume the reason you get Kenny Baker is because you want to recapture the look and, you know, the little uh, twirls and the funny little quirks that R2 had in the original trilogy. All right. And I'm going to I'm going to display my ignorance and 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 I guess my my lack of sophistication. I don't get it. I don't see the difference when when I see an R2 in. Revenge of the Sith, when he's doing the slow burn and, and all that stuff, unless Kenny Baker's in there, and I don't think he is, um, I don't see any difference in that moment than I do from Nartu scene in any of the original trilogy. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? Because I think of the whole sequence in A New Hope, especially on Tatooine, when uh, R2-D2 has this kind of signature shake that he does, and when he's trying to wiggle his way up steps. Like those, those what, and of course that may not all be Kenny Baker, but 
Um, I do. I, I definitely see a difference between the the digital R two and Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Now, um, okay, it it says here in the uh, in the announcement, um, Kenny. They they mention Kenny Baker, but he's not here in the cast reading. Hmm, that's true. Well, unless, unless mean, he's in that R two in that box, <laughs> he's in the crate. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I want to go to Star Wars Wars dot com for a second and really blow up this image. Um, uh, just because I'm curious, of the people we see in the image, mm-hmm. it's a table read. Mm-hmm. Everything it looks like, and it'd be interesting so to see like p- from position, director J.J. Abrams. I assume would be sitting with the people with the most central roles to the film, with the most lines are going to be the one nearest to him. Uh, well, this, I, I don't, I don't think so. Over analyzing it, but Kyle Newman said so. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> and it, I mean, it could be this could be a very Han Solo centric film, but that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't, I don't think so. I think that what you have here are all your principal cast members, save maybe one or two that they've still got some announce. They've still got some announcements out there that haven't been made yet, um, oh, sure. along with your producers and stuff sitting around. Um, and uh, it, what I'm doing is, and, and oh, I, I forget, Riley, you and Bethany weren't around for episodes one through three speculation and all, were you? No. Nope. Uh, no. Like, I re- the most I remember is around the time of episode three, like my friends talking about mm-hmm. it. Get ready right. to analyze every single picture, everything that happens. Be ready to just deeply analyze it and pick out every little. For example, I'm looking at this room. I feel like they're in studio somewhere or someone's really industrialized apartment because you've got nothing but crates. The table that they're sitting around, and I use that term lightly, is just a bunch of crates thrown together, um, and they've pulled some furniture in there. They're, they are behind a set. That is the back wall of a set up on the other side of them. They are they are there on the Star Wars set. Oh, Yay! for sure. And uh, as you can see, the, the bottle of Jack Daniels, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're gonna cool. listen, you can read this. You can, you can type this stuff, but you can't read it. Um, <laughs> let's let's jump into some other things here. I I need. Let's try to do this real quick. Um, we're gonna try to add Michael Cohen into this. Yeah, because he he was messaging me, and I I have a surprise for you as well. Host of the Rebels podcast, Michael hey. Cohen. Hey hey, I'm here. All right, Aaron. Um, how you doing there? I'm here. Okay, Riley, Bethany. Yep. I'm still. It's. I'm still. It's still sinking in, but I am here. Yeah. Uh, Cohen. <laughs> I. I am here also. Riley, I just want to say I've got a better internet than you do. Uh, you emphatically <laughs> do, sir. You emphatically do. I'm, in fact, I'm signed, sealed, and sent to AT and T. But uh, Cohen, how's it going, man? I. I. After the news from this morning, uh, pretty awesome. Yeah. Pretty. Pretty excellent. I'm. Uh, I'm psyched. I'm excited. I'm over the moon. I'm all sorts of euphemisms and uh, and and cliche phrases because I uh, we don't have to talk about it like it's a secret anymore. Right. Uh, you guys, I, I've been listening the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've been listening since you uh, went on the air, Steve. So well, thank so you. So I've heard everything. But I just to reiterate, I the fact that we we don't have to pretend. Like we don't know that the original three are back, mm-hmm. uh, along with Peter Mayhew, Anthony Daniels, and Kenny Baker, uh, is just a weight off of all of us Star Wars podcasters' shoulders. Well, it's, uh, and and the reason is is because there was that slight off chance that everything might fall apart in the eleventh hour. 
Yeah, well, you know, I I, I think I think somebody's got to serve up some uh, uh, either some crow or some humble pie for Derek when you when uh, you talk to him next. <laughs> you can't you can't call Derek. He's been the naysayer, and uh, well, and, listen, and Derek's it's still, happening. He, yeah. There's nothing that can stop it now. Well, you'd be surprised. Um, <laughs> Uh, really quickly, there's some confusion in the chat about who's who in this picture. If you if you'll go to StarWars.com to the set, to the episode seven cast announcement, uh, there's a black and white picture there, and uh, I'm going to read really quickly, uh, starting at J.J. Abrams uh, from from Clockwise uh, from Abrams left to the picture's right uh, is Harrison Ford, uh, Daisy Ridley, Carrie Fisher, Peter Mayhew. Uh, producer Brian Burke, uh, Le- uh, Lucasfilm president, producer Kathleen Kennedy, uh, Dom Nall Gleason, Anthony Daniels, Mark Hamill, Andy Serkis, Oscar Isaac, John Boyega, Adam Driver, and writer Lawrence Kasdan. Lawrence? Ah. And, and that's who that is. A lot of people were saying it might be Cedo uh, there, but it's not Von Cedo. It's, uh, it's Lawrence Kasdan. And then there's a couple heads in the back in the foreground. Yeah, those are those are probably uh, crew members, uh, script continuity people, assistants. The luckiest people on the planet. Yeah, assistants. <laughs> um, there's probably some animators back there, that sort of thing. So, if if I can make a very uh... Bethany, you make whatever you want to make, my friend. <laughs> uh, you mentioned Von Cito, and mm-hmm. I don't know if that's how his name is pronounced. But I saw Russell. someone griping online today, and they put a, um, a pronunciation key and said it's Cito, Von Cito. 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 Von Chido, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. But he was actually in the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. He was? And Freud. He yes. is, for those of you who know my love of, uh, and mine and Derek's love of Ghostbusters, he is the voice of Vigo in Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> Command me, Lord. But I'm I'm just curious how many of these actors, and, and I really haven't looked into it in much detail at all, have some sort of inside connection. And not I'm not saying in a bad way, but have some sort of connection to Star Wars well, or to George Lucas, or you know. I I don't know that many of them do, except for that original yeah. original crew. Um, of course. The the thing about someone like Von Cito, if you go to his IMDb, he's he's someone who's been in film for years and years and years, and uh, and probably um, either has a vocal role or you know a voiceover type thing or or a, a smaller part than what you may think. Um, but real quickly, let's do this. Let's uh, let let's go down the list as they have it, and because they're uh, most of these people, I'm not familiar with. Let's start with John Boyega. I know some of you guys have done. Um, some research on that. Aaron, do you know anything about this guy? Nope. He's one of the ones I don't really know much about at all. I haven't seen him in anything, so, yeah, I, d- I don't know. Cohen? Uh, yeah, uh, he's uh, probably best known for his role in Attack the Block, which is a uh, a, a British movie. Uh, very, very heavy genre sci-fi movie about uh, essentially a group of, like, London sort of street thugs uh, who end up fighting aliens as as these uh, alien dog monster shadow things invade and uh so he he was kind of their leader and uh and has actually a really cool arc over the course of the movie and and does some really really great performance in it so um he was one of the rumored 
uh, cast members that I was kind of pulling for, that mm-hmm. I was really hoping he would be in it because I enjoyed him so much in Attack the Block. And, so. let's, and let's talk about the, the title, Attack the Block. I thought you were going to tell me it was a breakdancing movie because that's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> I, so I, I, the, the block is in reference to... Um, it's it's like a it's similar to like a like a project right like like uh, like uh, apartment buildings oh, that are okay. all kind okay. of on one block not not that, like that, a project like the projects yeah well okay. okay but that's in reference to housing projects okay which the projects is a part of New York specifically okay. but um, yeah so like that idea right it's the same sort of thing but in London okay so their neighborhood they kind of refer to it as the block I it's gotcha. their block because they're kind of gang ish mm-hmm. um and so they defend their block as these aliens attack so that's that's where the name comes from but uh, <laughs> i don't let the name dissuade you from watching it it's actually an excellent sci-fi movie okay right. uh, with a lot of really cool action and some of the best practical effects uh in in recent history it, it's 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 excellent it's such a good movie i saw somebody online had mocked up an image from that movie mm-hmm. where he's running from the aliens and he's running with a lightsaber in his hands. Oh, nice. <laughs> so nice. it started. It, it's, yeah, already so started. it's already started. Uh, Daisy. Is he, is he British, by the way? Or was he just he in is. a British movie? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But for you film watchers and TV watchers, uh, you might know him from 24. Uh, that's currently filming the season that he's in, that is. Uh, but he does seem to be painting up more television shows and more movies now. Okay, so he's on the new season of 24 that's coming out. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Um, <clears throat> moving on here, uh, Daisy Ridley. Bethany, do you know anything about Daisy Ridley? Just that she is a very new actor. She has not done a lot of, well, much of anything, and that what she has done does not seem to be very well known. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's not played any... It doesn't appear as if she's played many uh, star roles. I'll okay. put it that way. All right. Yes. Yeah, in fact, like she has almost yeah very very few but uh, roles eight, and mostly small she has ones. Eight credits. Mostly all from in TV most series. recently was 2013. So basically, last year yeah. was when she got on the map. Most interestingly, she actually has like an an, an acting reel uh, for for her resume on YouTube that was quickly turned to private the second announcement was made. So oh, like a bundle wow. of ten bits. The uh, uh I I heard the phrase I forget who tweeted it, but um it's the 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 the, the hammer of Thor from Disney just uh <laughs> just just came now, down. Did anybody else actually get to see that acting reel? Because I watched it. Okay. And uh, she she actually on screen comes off a lot like uh, uh Kira Knightley. Like she, she kind of reminds me of a younger Kira Knightley. So there's a bit of a connection there because Kira Knightley played one of Padme's handmaidens. Yeah, and uh, so it, that leads me to believe that that she's going to be related in some way to Leia. Is she and uh, more than likely Han? Is she British? Yes, she is. Okay. Yes. Well, there's a theme here, and what's also interesting about her role is that I keep hearing she she's in the picture. Of course, this is where we're into it a lot. She's situated between. Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher. Yeah, like yes. people say, oh, she must be their daughter. But you realize, like, as far as the age uh, difference goes, she would probably have to be a granddaughter. Hmm, that's true. That's true. She, D- depending on what age uh, they play in the movie. I mean, it's thirty years later. They got started late. I mean, I can <laughs> They'd see be in their fifties then, right? 
And it is not unusual for actors to be cast as someone who's 15 years older or 10 years younger than they are. Mm-hmm. In films. Yeah, so. but typically, it kind of swings the other way, though. I usually think of actors playing uh, themselves younger. Right. That's a lot. Lee. Well, <laughs> and that well, that's what I'm saying is is that is that uh, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher could be playing younger, a little bit younger than what they actually are. Ford was actually in his 30s when he filmed Star Wars. Um, Carrie was in her 20s, I think. Mark in his 20s. And so, you know, they're they're right about the right age to have a have a kid that may be. I don't know what. Again, we don't know the role. You know, we That's don't true. know what age she's supposed to be. So, you know, I think they're at the right age to have a a, a late teen, early twenties aged kid. My my dad is in his sixties and he has a sixteen year old daughter. So, well, so yeah, it happens. It, yeah, yeah, and it doesn't have to be like, you know. Again, we know so little about it. It's all pure speculation mm-hmm, at this point. Mm-hmm. But you know. We're talking about speculation. I would feel bad if I didn't bring in somebody else who uh, I saw might should just join. So I just made an executive decision. <laughs> See if I can bring Carl Leclerc into the call if I can. Can you bring? Can. can you? Do you have that authority? Do you have that power? If not, it'll, I'll have to swing it to you, uh, Steve. If he if I can't bring him in, so if if he's not coming in, I'll have you do it, Steve. Because I think I think he may not be the podcaster we want. But Carl Claire by George is the podcaster we need. I don't know that he is the podcaster we need. Let's see what's happening here. He may not answer me because he's waiting on your your call. So. Uh, actually, I I wouldn't be too uh, too surprised another way. But let's see. Uh, it's you it's know like what what actor still really confuses me that's on this list and has confused me since the rumors started is Adam Driver. Okay, well that's yeah that's the next one on our list. But really quickly, Carl. Hey, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) He sounds so shy. Oh, man. Carl LeClaire on with Aaron Goins, Michael Cohen, Riley, and Bethany Blantland of the Star Wars Report. And, of course, now Carl and Steve are reunited, and it feels so good. I took my pants off. Hey, 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 hey. No, 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 no. Stop it. Steve is always being the father. <laughs> Steve, hi, buddy. Hey, man. How's hey, it going? Hey, hey, all you other Star Wars fans. And we're, hey, we, we, we are streaming live right now at Mixer.com slash Big Honkin' Show. Everyone's excited that Carl has shown up. Uh, the Wampus Lair fell apart tonight. I'll tell you. What in the world? Uh, craziness. Craziness. But I'm glad to be here. Well, it's good to have you. So... Aaron, let's start with you now. Bethany brought up Adam Driver. Um, let, let me just throw in the question. Oh, go ahead. What is the deal with this actor? I know very little about him. What's I have, the deal? I, just, I have this instant dislike, and I don't even Wait, know why. What? what did he ever do to I don't you? know. I don't know. Um, That's why I'm throwing it to you guys. Is this just Bethany being totally yeah, irrational? Why does, uh, Bethany, was, why does she dislike this guy so much? Um, uh, I, I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, Aaron... Take it, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only thing I know about him is he's from that television show on HBO called Girls. Now, I haven't actually watched it myself, but I have friends that have seen it, and they tend—they seem to really like him as an actor. They say, oh, he's in Star Wars. That's great because he's great in that show. Uh, apparently, he plays kind of a somewhat abrasive character, so I don't know if mm-hmm. any of the other anybody else here has watched that show. But I, I'm kind of—I think he looks the part. I mean, he looks like he could— you know, be a good character in Star Wars. He has a unique look about him. He's not your traditional, you know, tall, dark, and handsome actor. Right. But, 
you know, I, I mean, I'm excited to see what he can do, and I've heard good things about him. Um, Bethany, Elisa Lee in our chat says um, that you're secretly attracted to him. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, maybe. Well, the uh, the... Something to consider. The rumor is that he's being cast as the villain. So mm-hmm. that may that may have something to do with it. Yeah. You will yeah, only be able to be thwarted by Bill Weasley. Um, <laughs> Carl, have you have you watched Girls? Don't you don't don't know? Wait a minute, Carl. Let me rephrase that question. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Steve. Don't kill my don't kill my line. <laughs> like it's your job. <laughs> uh, I haven't watched them, but they watch me. I hear you. Um, have you seen the show Girls? No. Okay. No, I haven't. I don't know any of these new actors. I'll be straight up about that. But let me tell you who I do know something about. His name's Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. And Harrison Ford is going to kill it as the, the old man Han Solo. Here's how yeah. I know this. Are you ready? I'm ready. Did you see Indiana Jones 4? Uh, yeah. Okay, he killed it in that. I can't stand the haters on Indiana Jones 4. It was awesome. I love Great you. movie. Carl, I'm Such high-fiving a... you from across the continent. Uh, Carl, you... I love you so How much. How about a hug, Owen? <laughs> Carl, yeah, I love... <laughs> Carl, I love you so much right now. I loved Indiana Jones 4. I Everybody did too. that hated it is just... They can, they can eat a peach. I hear um, you. Well, <laughs> hey, peaches are good. Real quickly, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. While you're hating, you might as well be healthy. Um, so... I loved Indiana Jones 4 because Harrison Ford is perfect in it. He is Indiana Jones. And this is why I am not – like I'm so ecstatic to see him as Han Solo again. He's going to be great. Absolutely great. Um, I don't – yeah, I'll be quiet now. All right. Um, you guys want to talk about these new people. But no, I, I've never seen Girls. I don't know any <laughs> of these new, these new actors or actress, which well, is – Star Wars continuing with sexism, I oh guess. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Don't bring that on to Geek Out Loud in the Star Wars report. Uh, I, I, I'm going to go back to Harrison Ford for a second here. Yeah, you do. Oh, yeah, Bethany. Good trip. Good Everybody trip. seems to keep, well, myself included, he seems to keep bringing this back to Harrison Ford to some degree. What is it of all of the actors so far cast that makes us talk about him the most because literally that was the first thing we start well almost the first thing we started talking about on the show and then it was the first thing that carl started talking about on the show what what is this this harrison ford attraction that everybody seems to have all right let me hold on hold on cohen hold on hold on cohen let me let me get (laughs) let me let me do this real quick we got to introduce real quickly jason hunt the other half of the wampas lair podcast is in the house jason welcome to geek out loud in the star wars report well, thank you. This is a bit of a surprise. It's a big party. <laughs> well, it is a big party. Aaron Goins from the, the Star Wars Bookworm podcast is here. Michael Cohen from the Rebels podcast. Of course, your partner, Carl LeClaire. And uh, I'm Steve Glosson from Geek Out Loud. Uh, Riley and Bethany are here as well. I get to sit next to Bethany. Jason, really quickly. I'll let you sit next to me today. Yes. Jason, really quickly. Um, Carl, what's so funny about that? <laughs> Nothing, Bethany. What are you? What are your thoughts uh, on on what Bethany said? What's What's the big deal about Harrison Ford? I don't know. I'm more interested in Mark Hamill. Okay. (laughs) All right. All right. Cohen. I love Jason. Jason's like, aren't they bringing Ahmed Best back as Jar Jar? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Misa won't Jar Jar do it, Jason. Oh boy, Misa got Jar Jar Binks. Misa got number seven. All right. Misa not an episode seven. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right. All right. Thanks, Jason. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. Aaron, uh-huh. 
Aaron, Steve. you you weren't with us, unfortunately, at, at uh, Celebration uh, Six. But anyone um, who wasn't with us at Celebration Six was either incredibly unfortunate or incredibly fortunate. I haven't cited which. But uh, <laughs> a little but bit of both. For some reason, Jason became my whipping boy at Star yes. Wars Celebration Six. Now, Cohen, you made a smart comment to Bethany's question about Harrison Ford, mm-hmm. and it was, uh, "Have you seen?" Star Wars, and an addendum to that, have you seen Indiana Jones? And, uh, you know, you might also want to check out those those uh, Tom Clancy movies and such. And, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Air yeah. Force have one. you seen Ender's Game? Yes. Oh, wait. That was exactly what I was going to bring up. Exactly what I was going to bring up. Get off my Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> Air Force One. Air Force One reference from Carl. Aaron, yes. um... Really quickly, uh, what is what is the fascination with Harrison Ford? I'm kind of with Jason. I'm more excited about Mark Hamill. Um, I don't know. I think Harrison Ford, I'm excited to see him as Han Solo. I mean, Han Solo is a great character, awesome, in, especially in A New Hope. Like He was my favorite character in that movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm ready to see him reprise the role. Um, I do think he's made some bad movie choices of late. So I'm ready to see him kind of get back into the A-list. Now, I've not seen Ender's Game uh, Riley, what was wrong with Ender's Game? Uh, I actually enjoyed it, but it was it was a very formulaic film, which is why I think a lot of people didn't like it. And and it and it's a lot of people give a give Harrison a hard time for kind of phoning it in recently, mm-hmm. and especially Riley. In film. But I y- yes, you know people always don't like formulas. That's like why my you know one of my go to bands Nickelback always gets a hard time. Yeah. You know because yeah. they're they're all yeah. like formula yeah. I don't but think I'm that's like, the only reason, but continue. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cohen, this is how you remind me yeah. Mm. Mm. All right. Yeah. Anyhow, moving on. We we <laughs> we're kind of in this thing and, and, and I'll and I'll and I'll continue to try to corral this round table. Uh with that, I don't Steve. envy you, Steve. Thank you, thank you. Well, Bethany, the problem is, is I bring out evil Bethany, and I'm just waiting for her to raise her her head um, and show up. Uh, Bethany is just a figment of your imagination. No, she's until my... she stabs you in the back. Oh, evil, evil, up, evil Bethany is one of my favorite people on the planet. Um, is there such a thing? Yes, that sounds fictional. No, Bethany it's... to me is pure goodness. Well. It's pure goodness when she gets... Carl. Carl can sit next to me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. See what she just did? See what she just did to me? All right. Um, (laughs) Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac is is the next name here on the list. Cohen, do you know anything about this guy? Well, he recently starred in in a Cohen Brothers movie, so I should know something about him, but I don't because I haven't seen Inside Llewellyn Davis yet. But uh, it has been... Uh, lauded by all of the critics and and the film societies of all of the world everywhere and everybody uh, pretty unanimously as an excellent movie and an excellent performance. So uh, he's he's actually, I think, of these new additions, uh, unless you uh, uh, excluding maybe uh, Von Sydow, he's probably one of the biggest deals to be brought into this because he is, there's a lot of buzz around him right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he, he's, he's a, he's a big deal in Hollywood and a big get for them in this movie. So he'll probably be playing a character with a little bit more gravitas than, than maybe some of the others, but, but who knows? Cause, uh, that character was also very down to earth and grounded. So, mm-hmm. um, 
with uh with 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 your comment, I, I do have to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. It is true that you're one of the Cohen brothers. <laughs> I C O E N. I spell it C O H E N, but that's, that's just, mostly just to avoid the paparazzi. That's right? just so. a Canadian thing, right? That's the Canadian yeah. spelling of Cohen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, now uh, Oscar Isaac is also a singer. Oh. So. So he could be singing the newest version of Lefty Neck. Oh, <laughs> please oh, let it be. Lefty Neck, yeah. <laughs> the Nickelback version. Well, I, I was thinking some sort of version of Let It Go for Star Wars. Oh dear, no. Mm. Oh God, no, please. Jason Hunt is all, some. Some people might not realize this, but Jason Hunt is also quite the singer. Jason, uh, would uh, you what? favor us with a singing of Yub Nub, please? Uh, I singing me. I have never been one to sing. I don't know what Jason, you're talking do about. It. I don't yeah. know what the nut. No- oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, I know you've got some pipes on you. How about how about a little uh, how about a little uh, yub nub from? Not gonna happen. All right. Well, <laughs> guess who doesn't like Steve? Um, <clears throat> moving. I, I'm I'm in Carl's boat. As always, I, I don't know any of these guys. I'm going to skip over the next name real quick because I do definitely want to come back to him and, and focus on him a little bit. But this Dom Domnall Gleason, Gleason, we're related somehow. Gleasons and Glossons are related. Uh, <laughs> anyone know that cat? Yes. Yeah. Oh He's, wow. Okay. Well, by God, uh, let's. I, I've taken most of them. So let's so go. go with, let's go with Aaron. Okay, I'll go first. Um, I'm actually really excited about this guy being in the movie. I just recently—I don't know that much about him. I know he was in Harry Potter, very small part, but um, I just recently saw him in a movie called About Time, mm-hmm. and he played like—I didn't really know much about that movie going in, but when I watched it, by the time I was done with it, I really loved it. It was one of my favorite movies of recent, and um, he kind of plays like this time traveler. Um, I think Amy, who's in it with him, Amy Adams. Yeah, but uh, so basically. I just like the type of character he played in that movie. He plays kind of this kind of nerdy, goofy character, great sense of humor, but like can play really emotional as well. Hmm. And I think like he could really fit well into this movie. I'd be really curious to see what character he's playing, like what role if he's, you know, if he's a Skywalker offspring or if he's just another character altogether, who knows, but yeah, I, I think he's a great casting choice for this movie, and he was one of the ones I was most excited about. Now, looking at this cat, uh was he one of the Weasleys in in uh yeah. Okay. Affirmative. He, he, uh, he. Are you thinking Ben Skywalker when you see him because of the red hair and all, Aaron? I mean, as a huge, you know, EU fan, sure, mm-hmm. that did come to my mind. Do I think he's going to be Ben Skywalker? Probably not. Aaron, but it's, it's a Legends fan. You're not. A, it's you know Star Wars Legends. Yes, it's it's now under the Legends banner. I, <laughs> Sorry. Oh yeah, I have to get that tattoo still. Um, but yeah, oh. I, I see. Um. I do see Ben Skywalker when I look at him, but that's probably not going to happen. Where are you going to get a Legends? There's no Ben Skywalker. I guarantee it. No, I do too. I was just joking. Where are you going to get Legends? Guarantee though. I mean, that's they say they oh. will pull elements from. So even if it's just in name alone, if he is, you know, Luke's son, I, I don't see why they wouldn't use the name Ben. I don't. I don't think Luke's going to have children in the in the sequels. Like, counter, um, counterpoint. Yeah, I just I don't see it why? happening. Um, why? <laughs> Because good counterpoint. I'm gonna fight you, Carl. <laughs> I will hug you to death, Aaron. Uh, um, okay. He'll do it. Uh, He'll do it. I, don't you threaten him with a good time, Carl. Don't. <laughs> I think Lucas 
the, one of the biggest things Lucas hated about the EU was the fact that they had Luke Skywalker get married um, because it, it's totally countered his character. Um, I don't think Luke needs to be married. I, while Jason and I talked about this one time on the Wampus Lair, but, um, you know, and Jason, you know, made a good point of, I could definitely see the new Jedi order allowing, you know, the Jedis to get married. I just don't see Luke doing it. Um, Mary, Mara Jade is not going to be in the sequels. I, I almost want to say I guarantee it because she's just not going to happen. Um, and look at, look at the cast. There's one female and she's young. It's not going to be Mara Jade. Well, let, um, but if so Luke... I, as a counterpoint to, to that, though, like if Luke was, if he went with the whole non-attachments, not getting married, isn't he just making the same mistakes as the old Jedi Order? Like, wouldn't he progressively change the yeah. way that? I think again, like I could see him like saying the new Jedi Order is is going to let that happen. I just don't see Luke himself doing it hmm. um, because he is he's the new Grand Master. He's so busy setting things up that he just simply didn't have time for that way of life. That's the way you don't I don't think see. he had a minute to go down to Tashi Station and pick up some power converters? <laughs> no. No, because he, he can waste time with his friends after the war is done. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, first off, I don't like the, the character Ben Skywalker. He was a horribly mm. written character in the mm. U, in my opinion. Wow. Um, Aaron, do you agree with that? Uh, not at all. He's actually one of my favorite characters. But, oh, all right. That's um, great. No, I totally, I totally respect that. I, I liked the solo kids, but I thought Ben Skywalker was a horrible character. Um, and uh, I think Luke Skywalker is incredibly cheapened if you get him married. Um, and they're not going to cheapen Luke Skywalker. Carl's thoughts on marriage, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> see, see now. See. <laughs> All right, Bethany, weigh in, please. Uh, I thought that the character of Mara Jade brought a whole new element to Luke's life. And a, I thought that she grounded Luke a bit more. Because, I mean, if you think about it, Luke, especially the A New Hope version of Luke we see, is a little bit flighty. And he gets grounded somewhat. And he definitely matures by the time we see him in The Return of the Jedi. But he doesn't have much to hang on to. I mean, he's lost so much. And rebuilding the order is one thing, but that is so impersonal. And I think if if Luke never has any attachments, and those attachments could just be really close friends. It could be Leia. It could be a friendship with Han Solo continuing on. But they don't think he's having some sort of close attachment, be it marriage or not. I think that the character becomes more of a figurehead if he goes the route of just being the person who builds the new Jedi order, which we don't know for sure that he does. Well, see, I mean, that's the logical thought, but nothing is set in stone. Nothing is written. Is here's, here's the thing about having a whole new Jedi order and everything. I, Luke was not trained the way a traditional Jedi was trained. Luke was, I mean, uh, <clears throat> he was an apprentice to a master in a sense, but you know, he went off, he went away from home as I guess. Okay. I'm, beating myself what i'm trying to say is is he wasn't trained around a bunch of other jedi he didn't have the council he didn't have all the trappings that we see in the prequels and i wonder if that's the approach he's going to take to passing on what he has learned rather than set up a whole new council rather than set up this whole new order just kind of train somebody and then tell them now go pass on what you've learned kind of situation and and i wonder if we want be introduced, and I've talked about this on Rebel Force Radio, Jimmy Mack brought it up, I wonder if we won't be introduced to Luke kind of living the hermit life on Tatooine. 
And see, I think that that would be a really compelling story to tell. And it's it's interesting because in some ways I think that if even if it were if if it were similar, what say the what the current story that they're working with, then they probably wouldn't have done this legends thing so soon. But I think that the fact that they introduced the whole change of the expanded universe continuity points to a radically different um, direction that they're going. So I in in that sense I could certainly uh, both uh, see the realism and appreciate the idea of seeing a Luke Skywalker hermit. Because, again, this is 30 years different. There's so much. That, uh, Luke could have uh, started a new Je- three new Jedi Orders, and they all failed, and now he's a hermit. Hmm. You know, there's so much time with, that's, that's a blank slate in the new continuity. And so that's, that's, <coughs> and, and, you know, that's an awesome thing, if you ask me. Well, if I can ask a more hypothetical question, why do you think the decision to start a new Jedi Order was made for the books? Cohen? Uh, I, I think it's just the the logical place that people wanted to take it. Uh, much like when you go to the prequels, you want to have the Jedi Order so that you can have a bunch of guys running around with lightsabers. Uh, it just I think it just made sense that Luke would go out there and train more Jedi. Um, I, I don't think that there's much more to it than that. It's just... Uh, it's the simplest progression that you could get. It's not necessarily the progression that maybe uh, uh, George Lucas intended. It maybe it's not the progression that Lawrence Kasdan sees. So there is a possibility that we'll see something different. Uh, but I don't know. I the way that I see it, like I, I'm starting to come around to this whole hermit in the desert thing because it, it feels almost like Luke is more of a guru. At this point, and maybe he will go out there and he will communicate with some other uh, force sensitive potentials and that sort of thing, uh, start their training and then they go off into the galaxy to uh, to to sort of spread the word, as it were. And uh, and and we might start the movie with with a character coming to Tatooine to learn from from the master, because that is the environment that Luke learned in he he studied with obi-wan and then he went on and studied with yoda and dagobah and he didn't he didn't have an academy uh mentality so why would he continue that unless he got holocrons and found out this is the way that things went but that jedi order fell apart so why would he make the same mistakes that they did because that was sort of the sentiment that yoda and obi-wan had towards the end of episode three is that there were yeah. a lot of issues. Aaron, if Aaron Goins, t- <laughs> Bethany, <laughs> Aaron, Aaron, <laughs> Aaron is, let Aaron speak. <laughs> Aaron is as someone who has who, who's you know you're devoting a lot of time to the EU with with the Star Wars Bitcoiners podcast. Obviously, you're invested in it. Um, you dig it. You you were there for the creation of it. I'm sure in Kevin J. Anderson's original trilogy, the the Jedi Academy trilogy, and then on into the young adult novels and everything, and and beyond that, is is a new Jedi Council, a new Jedi Order, if you will, is that essential for these movies? No, not at all. I don't think. And in fact, I don't expect it. Um, you know, kind of like Cohen was saying, I think in the novels it it made sense. That was the next step. You know, they needed to have a lot of books. They needed to have a lot of characters running around with lightsabers, like he said. Um, so it kind of made sense that he would go out and find these Jedi and build an academy. And um, 
and they were working without the knowledge of what the prequels were at that point as mm-hmm. well. Right. So I think things have changed. I don't, I don't expect him to go reestablish an academy. It could happen, but I'm not expecting it. I definitely don't think it's necessary for the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Jason, before we before we move further here, uh, really quickly, um, I want you to talk to me as the emperor and uh, give me your lunch order, please. Well, I would like a hamburger with pickles, ketchup, and mayonnaise. No onions, please. No onions. They make me cry. It's awful. Um, and then I would like a Dr. Pepper and french fries. Oh. Uh, <laughs> easy on the salt. I love the and. I mean, like, you catch it so good. And, <laughs> and um, french fries. You, easy on the salt, please. You said, you said earlier, Jason, that you were stoked about Mark Hamill being back as Luke Skywalker. Why? Uh, because uh, of the the possibilities that could come up with the him being a Jedi now, with him now being a full-fledged Jedi at the end of uh, um, Reven- uh, Return of the Jedi, and then the whole idea of where he might be able to go. And I'm really liking this idea of the hermit Luke Skywalker, but I'm also interested to see if they go the the uh, new order, new academy route uh, mm-hmm. with the Jedi too. But just seeing him and seeing what he does with the Jedi is re- what I'm really, really looking forward to in these films. That's... Uh, I'm always been I've always been a big fan of the Jedi and that, that sort of thing with Star Wars and so to see the new path that they're going to take us on in this has got me really excited um, and so that's why Luke Skywalker um, is really interested to me interesting to me in this so let's uh, go ahead Bethany I just had a question for you Jason uh, since mm-hmm. you are looking more towards. Uh, the return of Mark Hamill and Aaron, I guess for you too, since you were as well, but uh, what do you think it is in the return of the Jedi when both Yoda and Obi-Wan are thinking of training someone? And with the line, there is another, what do you think Yoda and Obi-Wan want for the future of the Jedi or just for the future of the Skywalkers? And do you think that that might be realized, whatever that might be? Also answer the question in Count Dooku's voice. (laughs) (laughs) well as Count Dooku I do not feel qualified to discuss the Jedi anymore they failed the Republic so I'm going to leave now and Um, I'm dead (laughs) yeah and I'm dead beheaded is awful um but uh oh gosh I'm sorry I got distracted by my voice and completely forgot the question Carl Uh, (laughs) wait a minute time out time out Carl go ahead I'll let you respond to that Aaron Respond to what? That Jason got distracted by his voice. <laughs> I was distracted too. <laughs> there you go. All right, continue. <laughs> I apologize. What's the question again, Bethany? I was just thinking that both Yoda and Obi Wan seem kind of intent on either training Luke or training Leia, and that was that seemed to really be their main goal in Jedi. Uh, and I'm wondering how that might translate to Luke. Or to Leia, or both. Um, well, I think their their big goal with that is uh, in order to topple the Emperor and the Empire, and to um, ensure that the dark side um, is is defeated. So I'm not sure if there was much of a plan following that, as far as specifics are concerned. But I think that big focus there, especially 
the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi was just in order to get the galaxy to a place where the Jedi could flourish again should Luke or Leia continue that on. Mm-hmm. So, um, All right. Um, good talk all the way around, guys, but we got to move on. we got two more <laughs> cast members. One is, we've already mentioned him, uh, Max Von Cito. Is that how we decided we'll say it? I think that sounds I, good I, to I me. Do you know the greatest thing he did? Uh, other than the, the only, <laughs> the only thing I know he did, Jesus. No, he was. Did he do Jesus? He was Jesus in the greatest story ever told. Oh, great! Mm-hmm. That's oh. Are you kidding? No, I'm dead serious. Oh, oh, okay. He was also the voice of Vigo in yeah. Ghostbusters too. I mentioned that. Come on to me, oh. Lord. Yeah, I mentioned that before he came on. He was the voice of Vigo in Ghostbusters too. Um. Not, uh, born 1929, he's been acting since, uh, gee whiz, 1949. So almost 70 years of acting under his belt. Um, he's done a lot of voiceover work in recent years um, for things like Skyrim, The Elder Scrolls uh, video game. Uh, he's done <clears throat> some other various roles of just, you know, an, an older dude, of course. But... Um, Thoughts, comments. I'm just looking at him, and I'm, I I can't help but think that he plays someone from the prequel era, which would be so cool. Preferably <gasps> a Jedi that survived. Just and this is pure speculation, but I think he has a very Alec Guinness look. And I'm not mm-hmm. familiar with hardly any of his work, but he seems like that kind of working actor um, in the vein of Alec Guinness, to where I imagine that would be the kind of role he would have. Okay, and okay, real quick, rapid fire. If he's someone that survives from the prequel era, who could he be? Michael Cohen. Uh, Gilead Pelion. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, I like that. And you just I took like it to that. a series that you didn't like. Yeah, no, uh, I I do not like the Thrawn books, but I, but I do love the character of Gilead Pelion. Not only because of, of his character in those Thrawn books, but more so because of his character further on down the line in the mm-hmm. EU. Yeah. Um, and that he's the one who establishes essentially the peace between, between the, uh, the, the empire and, and the new Republic. He's one of the people who's like, it's silly for us to all fight, especially once the Yuuzhan Vong invades. So I, I would see him, if not playing Gilad Pelion, playing a character similar to, okay. uh, and by that, I mean like an Imperial, uh, or former imperial who is now part of the the republic. All right, Aaron, or whatever their new government is. Aaron, rapid fire. Who do you think he might be if he's someone from the prequel era? Uh, Jedi Master Tholm. <laughs> Nobody knows who that is. Um, <laughs> who is that? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, he's a character from the Dark Horse comics. Okay. Uh, I really don't. I have no opinion. I don't think that's what it would be, but I think it would be a character we've never heard of before. If that's what he is. Okay, Jason. Um, I'm going to go with both Michael and Aaron. I love the idea of Gilad Pelion because he's my favorite EU character. Um, but also, if he is someone from the prequels, it, I would be very surprised if it would be somebody that we had heard of before. Unless his kids are all grown up, but I doubt that. Um, <laughs> Carl. Uncle Owen. He's dead. <laughs> he's burned he's to not. crisp. Hey, if Darth Maul can survive. Oh, okay. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Bethany. I would see it as I don't think that he's going to be a prequel Jedi. Uh, Where he rejects the premise. No, no, no. I think he might very well be a prequel era person, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily know that he would oh, be Jedi. a Jedi. Yeah. 
because it, it would seem really odd to just like stick another Obi Wan type character into Luke's life, especially mm-hmm. Captain Panaka. That's right. Oh. <laughs> he was a different nationality, Carl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Sorry, Riley. Uh, unidentified Imperial Remnant General. Okay. All right. Uh, and then finally, the big news that really surprised me, Andy Serkis is involved in this. Andy Serkis, of course, uh, the voice and the the body uh, behind uh, Gollum, uh, King Kong. Uh, do what? And the body behind. I was just saying that sounds weird. That's the man speak. Continue. Bethany and, Riley, Bethany and Riley's incredible internet connection continues <laughs> To, to make any comments they make unintelligible. Um, the, uh, anyhow, he was he was Gollum and he was King Kong and and uh, and he's an accomplished actor. But he's become so well known for doing these roles um, where he dresses up in a green suit and 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 acts the part of a digitized character. Now. Is this something you think we'll see happen with him, or will he be on screen? Uh, no, 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 real speculation to maybe the character he'll play, but is is he going to continue his ways of of being able to do this, Riley? You don't get the guy who pioneered the entire technology behind uh, motion capture and not having to capture. I think he's doing that for sure. Well, I've got to disagree with you on one thing. I don't know that he pioneered the technology behind motion capture. Uh, I think Ang Lee did that with the first Hulk. What was the what What was the release date of the Hulk? I don't know. I'm just giving you. I'm just busting your chops. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. But I don't well, think I yeah. don't think he pioneered motion capture technology. I mean, I think there were there were other technicians. Yeah. He he was one of the first big ones to be in a suit and actually do everything on screen and then them digitize over it. Uh, Ahmed Best was actually doing Jar Jar on screen and stuff where they would do that kind of technology and, and paint over him. Right? that right, Jason? That is correct. In the late 90s. What? Come on! That's true. But I do think that they, that would be why you would get Andy Now, he's a very actor who's able to do a whole lot. But, um, well, this is Star Wars. I mean, we have aliens, and it, mm-hmm. it'll be a little odd if there really aren't any such character sure. people who are not people. I agree. I agree. Um, well, guys, uh, I'm, I'm I'm running super long on uh, on on this episode and um, of Geek Out Loud, but uh, I want to thank you guys for for stopping in and, and having this conversation. Really quickly, we'll go around. Aaron Goins from Star Wars Bookworms podcast. Aaron, your final thoughts about the this casting announcement and, and who we've got coming and, and what's going to be taking place. I think it's a a great cast. I'm really excited about Andy Serkis. I'm really excited about uh, Dom Dom Hall Gleason. Uh, A lot of these other people I don't really know that much about, but they seem like you know they they could be interesting characters. Um, The only thing is, it seems to be a little light on women. So maybe we'll get a couple more announcements about future uh, characters that are female. Yeah. In response to that, Hollywood Reporter has said several sources tell them that director J.J. Abrams has another substantial role to fill, and it's a female part. No further details are known at this time. But yeah, so overall, I I think it looks great. I'm really excited, and uh, you know, when that news popped up today, I pretty much didn't get anything else done at work. So I'm how do, excited. How do people find you, uh, and how do they find your podcast, Aaron? Um, you can find me mostly at tweet um, at av goins a v g o i n s. That's 
where I'm doing most of my social media stuff if you want to contact me. Um, and then our podcast, uh, check out our Facebook page or it just look, just search for Star Wars Bookworms or you can find us on uh, Twitter as well, SW Bookworms. All right, make sure you tell Teresa she missed a good time with us. I will. All right, thanks, Aaron. I'm going to hang up on you now and, and continue to hang up on everyone else along one by one, okay? All right. <laughs> All right, see you, Aaron. Uh, Michael Cohen. Yes. Final thoughts on the casting announcement today? Uh, you know, very similar to what Aaron was saying. Uh, I, I am very excited about who has been announced. Uh, there are not any... Um, sort of weird choices in my opinion i think that everybody seems pretty pretty uh, uh seasoned and uh and interesting to me uh so we'll just have to wait and see who they're gonna play but it is a little bit light on the ladies and i am hoping that that we get some supporting characters that come in uh aside from as you're saying there's there's one more role to fill and it is a female role but hopefully we get some cool supporting roles like of the Mon Mothma variety that are that are prominent female characters. Irresistible bargains. What is going on, Riley? What is happening on your end? What is happening? Riley, don't make me hang up on you right now without getting your final thoughts. Riley? Riley's he gone. He made the decision for you. Riley's gone. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cohen, real quick, uh, yeah. Rebels, Rebels trailer this Sunday at the time of this recording. Yes, yeah, I, which is exciting. And uh, the second that we got this news this morning, uh, I was actually talking to Andy, who's, uh, who's in the uh, chat, in the right, chat now. right now. Uh, right. And, and oh, oh, I'm now I'm, I'm, now I'm hearing myself. Hold on a second. Hold Riley, on a second. Riley, what are you Riley, doing? What are you... Riley Blanton. Riley Blanton. <laughs> oh, my Lanta. <laughs> Riley. Hello. Roll over. Riley, what what in the world's going on? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm getting all kinds I of. I thought the hyperdrive was fixed. I'm Jeez. getting all yeah. They, it's not my fault. <laughs> they told me they fixed it. Hey Steve, thanks for having us on. Uh, thanks for having us on and dealing with our internet issues. Appreciate you uh, kind of over and uh, man, I look forward to talking to you a whole lot more about the Star Wars episode. Yes, Boy, sir. Yes, sir, Riley, and I get to sit next to Bethany. Okay. Oh, all right. See you guys. Man. All right. Sorry, Michael. You were talking about the Rebels trailer. Yeah. So as I was saying, I I was talking to Andy, who's in the chat right now. Earlier today, as soon as this news hit, I was like, "Oh, that means that Star Wars Day, we're gonna get, we're gonna get a a nice meaty trailer for uh, for Rebels." Yes. So uh, so I'm very excited for that, and uh, it means I'm gonna have to rearrange my recording schedule because Matt and I had. an arc to finish on on uh, clone on Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, but I think we'll probably end up switching that up with a uh, with a Rebels podcast. Uh, that that's me letting uh, Carl and Jason know because they they might be uh, jumping on to uh, to to be guest hosts on that episode. So so you guys have been warned. All right. Um, well, how can I'll follow up with you <laughs> in a, a minute? Good time. I, yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I'm psyched. I, I'm excited to see, uh, hopefully, an actual look at Rebels yeah. and not these sort of snippety uh, behind the scenes uh, teases that we've been getting, but but some actual content, something polished and and fancy looking. All and, right. and good. so I, I anticipate that. Cohen, how can people find you? 
Uh, how can't they find me? Uh, you can <laughs> you can find me personally on Twitter uh, at arkwolf a r k w u l f, uh, and you can also find me on Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, which is at clonewarspodcast.com, at Rebels podcast at rebelspodcast.com, on Quiver the Green Arrow podcast at quiverpodcast.com. And last but not least, and most importantly, starting this Sunday for May the 4th, I, I am launching my webcomic, Kenobi and Me, which is sort of like a journal comic with just me doing regular, ordinary, boring stuff, but with my best friend, Obi-Wan Kenobi. So nice. uh, that <laughs> launches on Sunday, uh, KenobiAndMe.com. And, uh, and, and and I'm really excited about that, so I hope everybody who's listening can check that out awesome. and uh, tell all their friends awesome. and all that good stuff. Well, we'll definitely be plugging that for you, man. Thanks for coming on, Cohen. Thank you. We'll see you, man. And then there were two. Uh-oh. Uh, Jason, final thoughts <laughs> about, the, about the casting of uh, the Star Wars Episode Seven. Um. I don't know which I'm more excited for. The fact that a whole bunch of the old crew is back together or that there's this whole crop of new people that I have absolutely no idea who they are or what they're capable of. Um, it, it, it's all exciting to me. Honestly, Andy Serkis has been like that big, you know, standout surprise mm-hmm. from yeah. me that I'm really excited about uh, because literally I think he could do just about anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could be villain. He could be a good guy. He could be an alien. He could be a human. I have no idea, but I think he could do, literally do anything. And he's sort of like that wild card of awesome that I can't wait to see what they do with him. So, all right. Now, um, before, before you go, um, yes. I need directions to McDonald's uh, from Jar Jar. <laughs> well, first of all, you just go down the street and you turn a left at the uh, the squirrel farm, and then you just go turn a right. Um, after you hit, okay, I'm done. Uh, you should just happen to go until you hit the McDonald's. Uh, tell Demisa sent you, and Yusa might get a slap in the face. Okay day. Uh, <laughs> okay day. I love the okay day at the end. All right, man. Uh, thanks a lot, Jason, for letting us pull you into this this incredible. Uh, dog pile <laughs> of Star Wars, um, and uh, and of course Wampa's Lair podcast. Yes, the Wampa's Lair podcast. Oh. Um, and Carl usually does this, but I'm going to go ahead and plug us all. Uh, you can find us at Wampa's Lair podcast uh, on Facebook. That's our echo base, so to speak. Uh, Twitter at Wampa's Lair, and then emailing us at Wampa's Lair Podcast at gmail.com. All right. Thanks a lot, Jason. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. All right. Sounds good. All right. See you, dude. I think we're alone now. It doesn't seem to... No, no. That's a song. I was singing an actual song. I was making up my own. Well, you (laughs) can't... Carl LeClaire. Oh, Steve Glosson. Um, we've got a quiz soon, sir. We do. People are getting mad. They are. I'm hearing it all the time. Hearing it all the time. And then someone just said in the chat, woohoo, quiz after dark. Nope. No, sir. <laughs> um, in case people are wondering what we're talking about, what is quiz? Quiz is know what I'm saying. And uh, Carl, let me play you this little ditty that was sent to me from Daniel and Indy as a commercial uh, for know what I'm saying. It was unexpected. I'm like, you know what? If it's white and fluffy and creamy, mm, I'll eat it. <laughs> I got the gut and the butt, you know? <laughs> I have done that with margarine. 
It was dangerous. Great to eat crab, not to get the crabs. You know? Well, wow, wow. <laughs> it was a world full of fantasy. How hot is Harrison Ford in that movie with his shirt off, too? And, and, and what about, like... It was full of a lot of inappropriate gifts. I'm going to send you a baby. <laughs> it was a romance. Here, I'm going to describe the perfect date to you real quick before okay. we get into that. All right, please do, because I, it, it eludes me, sir. To be with you on New Year's Eve no. and explode no. your lips. Is, no, we're not doing that. Yeah, not not on the lips. Maybe on the definitely on the cheek, though. Cheek or forehead. I'm, oh, forehead I'm, so endearing. I'm not comfortable with any of this right now, to be honest with you. Under a star-filled sky. Okay. On a on a, and we would lay on a blanket. Separate and it would be, blankets. It would be a fleece blanket, so it'll be extra soft. Separate, separate fleece blankets. Okay. No, one big fleece. Prepare yourself for the romance to end all romance. Well, you taking your shirt off? Don't you threaten me with a good don't time? <laughs> this summer, Geek Out Loud takes you to a place you didn't want to go with Chris. <laughs> Where it gets really awkward, really fast. Oh, Steve, you know what I would do anything for? What? Loving you. Okay. Twist. <laughs> Man, I sound so gay. <laughs> <laughs> but I am for you. So we need to uh, do it. We need to do a know what I'm saying and kind of. Veer oh, out man. of the Can bromance. we play that on it too? That was really well done. We will. Who yeah, did that, that? that's uh, from my friend Daniel and in Indy. Thanks, uh, Daniel. The, he. A lot of people make commercials for me to play on the Big Honkin' Show, and that's one of them. And uh, and so I'm glad I got to play it for you. Now we need. <laughs> we will. We'll talk off air about when we're going to do it. Know what I'm saying again? But I want to get your final thoughts and ideas about this casting announcement today. Oh, um, I mean, I was pumped. Like Aaron said earlier. Um, and I hope I didn't hurt his feelings about Ben Skywalker. I feel bad now. No, he's fine. Um, he, he didn't create. Okay. He didn't create the character. Okay, good. I'm glad he likes. Him. <laughs> I, he's just not for me. Um, yeah, I didn't get any work done today. I was just so busy talking about this with other people. Um, you know, I like I said when I came on, I don't have any idea who pretty much any of these new people are. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a couple of them I've heard their names, and that's as so that's as far as it goes so i i don't i have no educated opinion about any of them yeah so but when it comes to the original three i'm excited beyond belief mm-hmm. i mean we've been we've been knowing for almost a year that they were probably going to be back but to finally have it confirmed and to see that picture just to see mark hamill carrie fisher and harrison ford and anthony daniels peter mayhew all of them sitting there ah, it just it's it's awesome it's fantastic i'm so excited to have them back um and i'm really excited to see where the story goes from here because, like a lot of people have mentioned, you know, this is a, this is we have no idea where the stories go. Right. Um, like with the prequels, you had a general sense, but now we have no idea. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and that's my, that's why I'm so, so happy with the fact that they're like, you know, what the EU was a great story, but we're not going to stick to it. Right. And right. it's not a slam on the EU because I certainly enjoyed a lot of the EU, mm-hmm. but it's just it just opens up the the spectrum of what they can do, which yeah. I think is awesome. Definitely. So definitely. I, I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I think Harrison Ford's a great actor. I'm excited to see Mark Hamill back because I think he himself personally loves the character of Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. So he's going to throw himself into it. The only, the only, uh, crap shoot is Carrie Fisher. Yes. So, <laughs> well, um, um <clears throat> uh, yeah, definitely, definitely Carrie with my, you never know what's going to happen. What's going to come out of that mouth. But, um, right. 
Well, man, it's good to talk to you. We need to do and know what I'm saying soon. And uh, I'll definitely be talking to you off air about that soon. All righty, baby. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, buddy. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy. All right, see ya. All right, and that, my friends, as they say, is that. I want to end with these thoughts as far as um, the uh, the casting announcement goes and everything. This movie, these movies, Star Wars has always been so very special to me, and, and I realized it um, a few weeks ago or a few months ago when I was just watching the movie by myself and, and just loving it, just loving every minute of watching the original Star Wars, and it just kind of sparked in me that you know what you've always dug this you've always loved this and you've always um considered it uh something very special and something very good to you and so uh just knowing that these characters and these people that I spent so much time with as a kid and and and, and more just oh gosh it's so cool to know they're coming back and so exciting the prospect of uh of one of the Weasley brothers, for crying out loud, being in Star Wars is just neat. And um, and I think so much, I think um, Riley and Bethany and Michael Cohen, Carl LeClaire, Jason Hunt, Aaron Goins, all for coming on. It was kind of impromptu, kind of a weird thing, but uh, but it ended up sparking some great discussion and having a, and, and I had, I had a dang good time um had a dang good time with it, and I hope you did too. Uh, thanks, everyone, who's joined us live at Mixer.com slash Big Honkin' Show. Uh, I, I dig doing these shows live. Uh, hopefully, there'll be more Geek Out Loud very, very soon. A couple of things to remind you of. Number one, if you head over to geekoutonline.com, there's some Amazon links there uh, in the sidebars. If you'll clear your cookies and use those links to go shop on Amazon.com, it really helps out the show. Uh, we get a kickback and stuff, and so I appreciate it if you would uh, if you'd help out the shows that way. Also, coming very soon, the Geek Out Loud T-shirt making a return, and uh, and we'll be giving you details on that as it comes available. The email is geekoutonline at gmail.com, geekoutonline at gmail.com, twitter.com slash geekoutloud, and facebook.com slash geekoutloud. We are a proud member of the Shot Glass Digital Network and uh, so glad to be along with them and other great shows such as Mark Out Loud, Rock Out Loud, Know What I'm Saying. <laughs> Those are all Goldiverse shows. Techno Retro Dads, Fictional Frontiers, My Lanta, Fangirls Going Rogue, um, Bondcast, and of course, Rebel Force Radio. And you can find all those over and more over at shotglassdigital.com. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. We'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud. I have you now.